Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Through a storm Hold your hand up high And don't Not my choice, but a great choice. Ben Francis throws a petrol on the fire every start of the show. Excellent, I like it. Now that's, that's leadership, that's producing at its very best. Hello Grant. Hello Daniel, how's it going? Well, How's your week been? Could have been better. My week's been fantastic. Oh no, you've had a good week. It's been a great week. Hopefully Craig's listening. Craig uh, texted in to the uh, run home uh, yesterday saying, trying to give uh, a suggestion for Beaver's best, you know, um, Beaver's tips for the week. Oh yeah? And suggesting a smug Grant Elliott after Everton avoided the drop paying $1.01. <laughs> Are you feeling a bit smug today? I am feeling smug. Yeah. But I tell you who will be feeling good is Tim. <laughs> Here we go. Richie. Tim Richie. Peter. He's a banker. We've got Mike and we've got Chris Grosser and, and Brett Angel, of course. Of course. For, former Le- uh, Everton player joining your Everton supporters club. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of others. Rachel and Alana wanted to come on board. Yep. So, so it's um, growing. You're almost at double figures. So we are, and they'll be smug. They'll be happy. They'll be extremely happy because I think there's a lot of people that, you know, when it's weird, the human traits is that you want to see people go through pain. and mm, Yeah, I, I get that. I think a lot of people wanted Everton to go down just because I so badly wanted them to stay up. You did. You, secretly, you wanted Everton to go down. Let's be honest. Well, I see the positives in you staying in the league. It's six points for Liverpool next season, of course. But well done on finishing 17th, 53 points <laughs> behind. I heard that interview with Smithy. That was a really smug interview <laughs> from you. Oh, great to see you, friend. Congratulations to you and your supporters club. Um, you've got, I think, 75 days between the end of the league and the start of the league. Yeah, so, so, so you can rest, and then the stress begins again, because I think you're going to struggle next season. Welcome into the show. This is the Saturday session. He's Grant Elliott. I'm Daniel McCarty. Ben Francis is with us as we take you through to 1 o'clock. And the first thing we like to do is invite you to join the show. 0800-150-811. Open line talk throughout this hour. Anything's on the table. Surely if you've listened to this show long enough, you know we're up for, uh, you know, anything. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Pick a path. Pick a path. Yeah. I mean, there's been so much sport on as well. We had the IPL finals. We've got Super Rugby. NBA. I'm a Miami Heat supporter, so that was good. It was a little bit... I felt bad because my son supports the Celtics, and it obviously went to Game Seven. And how do you celebrate? How old's your boy? No, I said, "Oh, I feel sorry for you, buddy." But you like, didn't last really. year. No, I like you know. It's probably more for the. You kids. didn't celebrate in his face. No, he would have celebrated in my face. Yeah, of course he would have. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean the Celtics. That was a great uh, playoff. Incredible that, that one going to Game Seven. Well, the Heat have been an amazing story in just getting through the finals themselves. I, I don't think they got much of a chance against the Nuggets. Sorry to say, Grant. Yeah, well, first game, they've gone down 0-1. So, we'll see. You never know. You never, never know. Buckets Butler might just hopefully ice his ankle up and get back in the ring. Well, there's always hope, Grant, as you know, after the, after the last few weeks for sure. But at the top of the hour, every hour, we give you the latest in sports headlines. Defeated Eden Park has left the Highlanders Super Rugby Pacific Playoff hopes precariously placed. Lovely alliteration, Ben. Uh, needing victory to clinch their quarter final. 
spot next week. The Southerners were unable to make a dent on the hometown Blues, uh, falling 16 points to nine in their final regular season outing. Certainly not one for the ages that game. It was a little bit messy, fair to say, from what I saw. They, being the Highlanders, now face a rather nervous weekend with the force and the Fijian Drua both capable of depriving them a post-season appointment with the Chiefs. Uh, let's carry on. Lydia Ko has uh, fired herself into contention at the LPGA's Mizuho America Open in New Jersey. Sitting one shot off the leaders at the halfway stage, beginning her second round at three under the card and a tie for fifth. She's carded four birdies and one bogey in the second day. Um, didn't drop a shot on the back nine, though, to move to six under for the tournament. Ko sits um, a shot back from a pair of Australians and Minji Lee and uh, uh, Shane Knight of the US, both at seven under the card at the halfway stage. And Roma coach Jose Mourinho has been charged by UEFA for using insulting or abusive language against an official after the Europa League final during the week. The charges relate to an incident in a car park after the game when Mourinho directed a foul-mouthed rant at English referee Anthony Taylor. There's been a fair bit of abuse uh, thrown towards this uh, referee, including from Roma fans. I think Ben actually has some audio to play uh, of it. It's crazy, man. My Italian's not great, but I do know what a beep is. Sounds like they're playing tennis. Yeah, but it got a lot more heated than that. They were like, they got quite a large group actually converged. Someone was throwing bottles of water. They just sort of had to usher them out. It was quite a large group, and they they were quite angry. So you can't tell me what the coach did didn't embolden the fans. Of course it did. Yeah, and and you laughed when you heard he met him in the car park. Yeah. You weren't alone. Um, a, a lot of a lot of the um reaction from media post the story coming out that he um, met him in the car park before news came out that the referee was, you know, accosted at the, the airport. Most of the reaction was, <laughs> that's Jose being Jose. Yeah, yeah. Fo- football's got an issue. More than any sport I can think of off the top of my se- uh, head as far as attitude to referees. And I know this is um, a hobby horse of mine. I-, I talk about our attitudes to refereeing a lot. But that sport, I think, are the worst offenders. And you know what's most troubling? I don't hear anyone talking about it in, you know, that sport is a, as if it is a real problem that needs to be addressed. I was quite nervous taking the whistle when um, my son was playing at age seven, playing football, because you, you knew that the parents, like, you were going to make some calls that were wrong. I mean, I'm not a full-time referee. I'm just, like, one of those parents that puts their hands up and, like, okay, well, I'll do it. Um, but even even in kids' football, it's a little bit abusive. It's just like that stigma that's attached to football. And I think uh, you're right, though, Daniel. I think it comes from the players. It starts from the, the players. Every time a ball goes out, someone will be throwing their arms up saying it's the other team's ball. Or it's... there's a foul and everyone will come and rush in. And... Yeah. Now, if so I... if you did that on a cricket field, what would happen? Well, uh, you'd get done. You'd get you would, done. Get, you yeah. would get done. You'd and get if you done. did it over the course of the whole day's play... 
Oh, well, you'd get suspended. Yeah, yeah probably. You know, wouldn't ma- match referee yeah. would come in. But so- someone that I played with that was quite keen on taking things to the car park <laughs> was, was uh, Kepler Vessels. So if people sledged Kepler, he would say, because he was a professional boxer. Oh, was so he? he? I said, never knew this. Come on, I'll meet you in the car park <laughs> afterwards. And then I think he met two or three people in the car park. Open fisted, you know, let's have a go. Let's sort this oh. out the real way. Oh, yeah. It is interesting. Not by words, yeah. but, you know, fisty cuffs. Uh, those are your sporting headlines. Hey, football fans, um, if you disagree with me, if it's not a problem, uh, and I'm misrepresenting uh, how your sport is, please, please let me know. I'm at 1500811. Conversely, uh, if there are football fans out there who are as troubled by what's going on, do let me know. Um, 0800-150-811. You can also text us on double eight double three. Also, can you get the thoughts on respect to Super Rugby franchises? What about last night? It didn't go the way of the Highlanders. It didn't go the way for the Highlanders last night, although we probably didn't really expect they'd get much over the Blues last evening. Fakatava, nice little ball on the inside for Connor Garden Basham. Just initially a little isolated, and that means a penalty to the Blues. So the Blues will take winning form into a quarter-final here at Eden Park next week, and it is going to be an anxious weekend for the Highlanders. Here to say the least, TJ, Tony Johnson on Sky Sports, audio courtesy of Sky Sport as the Highlanders uh, go down to the Blues by uh, 16 points to 9. Uh, following that, following it, the nervous wait had started at the end of the final whistle, Grant, stay with me. First thing they had to do was rush back and actually follow the Brumbies-Rebels game. Uh, the Brumbies did the Highlanders a favour by beating the Rebels 33 points to 17. But the wait is not over. They still need results to go their way. Uh, they got that help last night thanks to the Brumbies. They also need the Reds to beat the Drewer. And, of course, the Chiefs to beat the Force. Highlanders fans, do yourself a favour. Don't go check out the Chiefs team that they named because it won't help your heart or stress levels. Uh, Highlanders fans, how are you feeling? And if you miss out, can you have any complaints when you've finished 0-6 against New Zealand teams and that you've beaten one side currently in the top eight, which was the Reds? All their wins came against teams placed, what, 7th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, I, I, I do believe. But more broadly, fans from around New Zealand um, who don't support the Highlanders, who, who are you rooting for? Who are you barracking for? Do you want the Reds to get up over the Drewer to, to help the Highlanders? Or do you actually want the Drewer to beat the Reds and eliminate the Highlanders? Would it be better for the competition if the Drewer made it? would be a bit more romantic, wouldn't it? It'd be much better for the competition, I'd say. Now, having one of the island teams make it, and I think they didn't start off very well last year, um, but this year, you know, there's been more upsets, and I think they, they've they've showed a lot stronger teams on the on the park, and the experience has come through of Super Rugby. I think initially, though, they were probably a little bit underwhelming as a team. It was the odd anomaly game that they played, but I think that that would be a little bit more um, of a romance for the Super Rugby. I mean, I miss the South African teams and the Super Rugby team uh, or competition, but yeah, I, I know that everyone in, in Southland will be disappointed that I'm saying this, supporting their Highlanders, but they don't deserve to make it. As a team, As a team, if, you, if the destiny is not in your hands and if it's about 
other results going your way, you haven't played well enough. Mm. I'd love to get your thoughts. 0800 Also, the NRL. Um, the Warriors are in action today against the Dolphins. We've got full coverage of this uh, match. We've got quite a, an interesting, tricky period over the next seven weeks, by my count, for the Warriors. Five of the next seven games are against side currently in the top eight. Um, I was going to read a tweet um, what I thought was the best reaction to the Warriors' uh, result last weekend, but the the tweet's been deleted. It was from one the one and only Mr. Ben Francis, who I thought was the most measured, <laughs> most measured response uh, all last weekend. Well, basically saying, "Hold on, steady on." There are lots of opportunities for the Warriors. I'm paraphrasing here, Ben, and please tell me if I've got this right. You know, hold, the Warriors had lots of opportunities to win that game. Lots of opportunity. You know, maybe some 50-50 calls referendum gave the way, and um, you know, some pitch invaders certainly took the momentum um, out that the Warriors did have. Quite, quite bizarre circumstances. Um, but they, they, they got some areas to polish up on. Uh, am I right? Have I, have I framed your take? Yeah, the well, right way. I, I, yeah, you have, and it was more. My frustration was with the with the the pitch invaders and the so called fans running onto the field at, towards the end of the game because the Warriors were really starting to get back into it. But the Warriors yeah. did have opportunities. But the reason why I was deleted because I'm one of these people, Daniel, that I live for likes, and when I got no likes, I had to delete it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was the most efficient <laughs> response all weekend. You know, absolutely brilliant. Okay, so so if you follow Ben Francis on Twitter. Um, and like everything he does, you have to get used to some Bradford content. He's a lover's love for Bradford. G'day, Bruce. Welcome to the show. G'day, Bruce. Good morning, fine gentlemen. Hey, yeah, it is a great morning. It is a glorious day in the Riviera of the South Pacific. And you know what they say on a good day in Wellington, my friend? You can't beat Wellington on a good day. And that means, by extension, you can't beat the Canes. You can't beat the Hurricanes on a good day. Bruce... So commiserations on losing this evening. <laughs> uh, all the best, uh, sir, on that. Hey, may the best team win. Um, I'm forever uh, positive that um, it could be a good... Look, it can't be a worse bloody game than that last one last night. Good on the Highlanders. They spoiled a lot of the game for the Blues. They put a lot of effort in there and held them to quite a close game. But um, I'm sure that the game tonight will be a heck of a lot more entertaining and better was, quality, uh, that's for sure. It was a hard watch at times, as I said at the top of the programme from what, I, what I've seen. But, you know, limiting the opposition is not what the Highlanders needed to do, Grant. They needed to win that game. So, you know, to mm. your point, they've just got to sit and wait. They, they don't have, you know, many arguments to make that they, you know, should be in the top eight. Yeah, they don't deserve to go through, do they, Bruce? What do you think about the Highlanders? I mean, if the destiny's not in your own hands as a team, you probably haven't played well enough. Oh, that's... You, yeah, yep, that's brutally honest, Grant. I, I guess I'll agree with you on that. Yep. And I, for, for a few reasons, they probably haven't made the grade, but I don't really want to talk much more about them. i got two two comments... Um, did you hear about that young, uh, the bet that came to fruition in the UK about the young cricketer who's made the, the English team? Oh, Tung, who picked up three wickets in the second it? innings, the 25. Well, did, did so, I think, I think Smithy spoke about this during the week. Someone did, bet, spoke to the guy. Went, someone bet on him when he was 11 to, yeah, to play look, cricket for England. 
I, I know yeah. that the betting um, market in England is, you know, the wild west as far as some of the markets you can enter. You know, I'm not sure yeah. if I'm comfortable about being able to bet on, you know, the future of 11-year-olds in sport. <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess it, it's good if it comes off. If you heard the whole story, uh, Daniel, you, it was pretty amazing. This guy, this young boy was, was sort of being um, nurtured. At two and a half, he was learning leg spin cricket. And when he got to six, he was playing in an under-11 team and taking wickets. Absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I think he, he loved Shane Warne and, and took a lot from that and, and practised and practised. And, and yeah, and this, this guy saw him and thought, he can't, he can't not do anything about this. So he said to his dad, I'm going to put a bet on it. And he put £100 on it, 500 to one or something. And so it, he, it came through. So <laughs> he started off as a leg spinner, but what gave it away? And what he's a fast bowler, isn't he, Grant? He got a he got a stress fracture, from what I right. understand yeah, right. and what, what I've read. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but pretty accurate. That, yeah, and he made the Worcester under ten side when he was just age six. So um, that's right. I mean, I I, yep. I I do know that you can take those sort of bets with uh, with youngsters as they're growing up. I mean, uh, there's a couple of kids that I've seen and in uh, Wellington where I go, oh, I reckon he'll play for the Black Caps and they'll be under the age of 10. Just absolute gun cricketers, just uh, head and shoulders above everyone yep. else. But it is a, it's a great little story, isn't it? I mean, I look at his name and I think, Maybe. well, I haven't even heard of him. I don't think many people have. Hmm. All right. So and you yeah. hit a second point, Bruce. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll probably get cried down for this and I'm not I'm, I've got nothing against rugby league I'm absolutely amazed at how much how much um, uh, support and how much airtime is given to the Warriors and I'm sort of working it out it's, we're the only team in the NRL and the NRL is yeah, such yeah, that, that, that's, a, such, that's a big one Bruce there's one team mm-hmm. The sport, is, the sport is going pretty well, isn't it? It's the best competition, club competition in rugby league in the world. Can't say that about many other sports. Yeah. They've achieved nothing. They've absolutely achieved nothing. The Phoenix and? are a wee bit better. Um, but... I mean, but I'll, I'll say what I've been saying. I'll, I'll say what I've been yep. saying for since the Phoenix arrived. The difference when you compare the A-League to the NRL is the standard of the competition. I love the A-League. Absolutely do, but it's... The NRL is the EPL of rugby league, isn't it? It's the be-all and end-all. It's the best competition. And the A-League sort of, you know, cannot say that. Hmm. No, just I, I just... I mean, I hear hours and hours of people talking about it and... Kempi and all these guys have full shows on it and week after week, and we love to believe. But they honestly, huh. two years out of 25, whatever, they've come reasonably close. So I just I don't get it, to be honest, but there we are. Good on you, Bruce. Appreciate your thoughts. 0800-150-811. I'm sure there's other people who think like Bruce, but... Ben, you, you, you're the number one New Zealand... Sorry, the number one one New Zealand Warriors fan. That's what we like to say. Were my arguments anywhere near the right ballpark? It is the level of competition, right? 
I, I think it's. No, like, I haven't. I haven't been a Warriors. I, I've been a. I've been a fan of this competition before the Warriors, since before the Warriors arrived in 1995, right? And I think there's a lot of a lot of people who are who flick it on, like what they see. That the, it's a high level. That the game isn't constantly change, changing. You don't get as many poor games as you do with its cousin. And I do get really annoyed how rugby and rugby league are always compared when it's, you know, rugby league's competing against all sports. Rugby's competing yeah. against all sports. What say you, Ben? I, I agree with you, Daniel. I think the other thing which to take away from this as well is that usually after rugby league games, there's always, there's always a discussion, whether it's about the weekend as a whole, whether it's about the games. And I look at Super Rugby and... By the time Monday comes around, people would have forgotten that the Blues won on Friday night, like, and th- that's what it's like. There's no, there's nothing to really carry on the whole discussion around Super Rugby, and, and I think the other thing as well that because Rugby League probably has been around a bit longer in terms of these clubs, you know, you were following it when you were younger, and so many other people were as well, and you kind of have a bit more of a connection to some of these these teams, like yes. watching like the Raiders grow up when you were younger, when you know you had your Laurie Dalys, your Mals, your Brent Todds running around. You have those connections, whilst we don't really have those connections with Super Rugby. But I also think the whole discussion around the game, as I say, the game from Friday night will, would have been forgotten about come Monday. Yeah, I, I think they do present the game very well in, in Australia in that sort of panel um, discussion, you know, hitting the hard topics. So, I think Sky Sports made a bigger effort as far as rugby over the last few years to get on that, mm. but you know I think they were probably behind, behind the game for a while. I think it's just the whole patriotism. It's Australia versus New Zealand rugby league. You know the Warriors represent New Zealand, and the rest of the competitions Australia we always feel hard done by, especially the the refereeing lately that's still going around. Um, but I I quite enjoy the great fact refereeing in Hawks Bay last weekend. Right, Ben? Great refereeing. Magnificent. Wonderful. <laughs> One of the best refereeing performances I've seen. Uh, if, especially if you're a Broncos fan. It's 22 and a half minutes after 10 o'clock. Let's get more of your calls. 0800 150 Uh Back after this break, though. This is the Saturday session, 27 minutes after 10 o'clock, with Rum and Q. Amazing products, award-winning rub sources and seasonings. We are taking your calls, as we always do throughout the hour. G'day, Dax. Thanks for holding through that break. How are you doing this Saturday? No problem, no problem. I'm all right. Yourself, boys, hopefully we're great. You're right. um, we are, good. mate. We're, we're doing really good. Real good, Dax. You're sounding perky. Um, look, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that, that last comment, um, you guys are right, but the NRL is the highest um, rugby league competition in the world by quite some way, and do, yeah. There are two teams. There are two rugby teams in Auckland, and and the Blues get far more coverage, media coverage anyway, than um, than what the Warriors do, and they haven't really won anything for a while. And and it's probably the third or fourth ranked rugby competition in the world. It's certainly nowhere near the Champions League in in um, what the Heineken Cup or whatever they call it. As far as yeah. would you agree though? Goes, would you would you agree though? Things have changed as far as coverage. That it certainly it used to be a lot more lopsided, didn't it? So ten, fifteen years ago. I, I think there is a, a better reflection in the media of what the audiences want, right? Well, I think what you, I don't know whether you guys agree or not, but there's been a shift as well, hasn't there? Because so the NRL is growing in popularity in the, in the local, um, well, Pacific uh, Super Rugby, whatever it's called now, is is declining. So the numbers are flipping over. You can you know you can yes. hear quite high profile. You know, rugby union people. I'm talking about coaches and stuff, saying that they 
they don't even watch the game while they're turning the games off. So it's indicating that. I think in the last couple of years, the Warriors had a lot of coverage um, and they weren't doing very well and that was because they were based in Australia. So I don't know if the, that much has changed, but I still think pretty much every night if you want to, if you want to bother flicking on the sports news, you'll, there'll be a story about the, the Blues training. But just getting on to um, <laughs> the second point. Well, there is, isn't there? I mean, it's, it's, no, you're I mean, right, mate. I'm laughing because I'm agreeing with you. Nothing like a well, nothing it, like a training story. We love a good training story, don't we, Dex? Well, it's it's financial. I mean, most of the and I'm, it's not a criticism here, but most of the resources are based based in Auckland. You know, all the new you're services. Right. So you're it's, absolutely it's cheaper right. To go you're, training. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, but Carry on. I know you had another two, point. You, the, yeah, well, just the red and the blue argument between the two of you. I know that, um, yes, Everton did stay up, but they, they have got some um, FFP questions looming. that um, Major. It could be, be devastating. And also, they don't have a manager at the moment either. Um, but in saying that, they've got a chance, right, because they avoided relegation. Now, if you take the red side of the city, you've got all the resources, the manager there, they were in the Champions League and they didn't make it this year. So technically, they've been relegated out of the division they are into. So, so yes. if you can look at it that way, Everton stayed up and, and Liverpool have actually been relegated. <laughs> Dex, I don't need you to fight Grant's fights for him, my Dex, friend. Dex, do you want to join the Everton supporters club? Don't do it, Dex. You're far too sensible. We're a 10-man uh, team now. We're 10 people strong. Um, and growing. He could be the missing piece. He could be the missing piece to put you over the top. What do you do for a living, Dax? We've got a we've got a banker. We've got a green grocer. Um, we've got someone who does DIY. Right. So you need someone on the dole or or a, or a politician. <laughs> I suppose that's what you're looking for. Look, I work well, with a I work with a I mean, Everton supporter, and he he's he went over and saw them this year and watched Celtic as well. And he's a you know he's been to World Cups. He's a good. lifelong proper. I'll I'll ask him, but. Uh, Brazil, who do you team, support? So I'm, long, I'm long suffering as well. Sorry, who do you support? Uh, Brazil. Uh, Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Oof, oof. Talk about a, a team that uh, you know has taken a tumble over the last few years for sure. Well, that's um, right. Who you got in the FA? Who you got in the FA Cup final? Speaking of red v blue divides. Um, neither. Don't really. Not too worried about that. I mean, it's good <laughs> luck. What a great answer. I'm not watching. I do not care. Who cares about me? I can hear that you love. You've got you've got one team that are that are absolutely amazing to watch and the dodgiest kind of and United possibly get along with Newcastle. And then you've got a former team that are they're on the way back. I think I've clearly Manchester United have proved that. what a good manager, you know, what a what a, what a difference a, a good manager, you know, they've been, they've been in the doldrums for a long time and you look at their roster over the last five years, you know, they should be well up there and they're getting beaten by, you know, Southamptons and all sorts of teams. So it just, just makes a big difference with having a manager, I suppose. And I don't want to be rude, but that's probably what's happening with the with the All Blacks at the moment. You know, you, you need someone that's... Um, in control of the team and picking the right players, don't you? And and yeah, you know, he sorted out Pogba and, and the egos and everything else. And and look what they're doing now. You know, they're they're on the way back. They look they look creditable, don't they? And they're in the Champions League next year, so there'll be one team in red that'll be in there, won't they? And Heat Sacks, great work. I, I love it. Really enjoyed speaking. Have to you a great day. Go enjoy your Saturday. Hopefully, you can call back in the weeks to come. Oh eight hundred one five five eight eleven. Dex should my, be my co-host, mate. He can, he, was, fight, he can fight back better than you can, my he friend. He was really good, He Dex. was excellent. But what I loved about him is his love of Everton. 
he was happy for me to stay up. You see, see, was he it? was happy. He went, well, you know. and, <laughs> and thank you, Bruce, for you know Bruce's comments have, have you know elicited some feedback, and, and that's awesome. Um, and, and everyone's been quite di- diplomatic and nice about it, which is exactly what you want. Someone writes here, sorry, Bruce, how long did fans wait for Leicester to win a title? Hundred plus years of faith. And add to that the average effort by rugby in their availability of marketing. Rugby has become like Formula One, Formula Yawn. Oh, that's a blow to you, uh, Grant. Took way too long to even entertain uh, Island teams, and they are still losing their fans to more entertaining sports. Uh, Writes Nigel, who also adds, go the Warriors. Good on you, Nigel. Do appreciate your uh, message. Someone on Otago is very unhappy with you. Uh, very unhappy with you, Grant, but I'll start with the positive. It's Peter Cooper here. I've picked up um, an equity for Grant's <laughs> Evidence Supporters Club. Perfect. Financial acumen growing. Yes. Really, so, we'll just send him to Everton because they, they need that. So, Peter, just get him to text in. Text his name, his number. I'll throw him on the group. The group is growing exponentially. We've got 75 Incredible. days. I reckon we can get... You know, at least four. At least 15. A weekend. At least four, four a weekend. weekend. Is that your target? Every weekend. Okay. Um, and Otago Man. That's how he signed off on his text message. Oh, oh no. He's not yeah. going to like me. It's not going to go well, is it, Grant? Just because I said the Highlanders don't deserve to be there. Yeah. If the Highlanders make it, then it's clearly deserved, as they, as the other teams have got, have not got enough points. Simple idea. Yeah. yeah I see where he's coming yeah. from on that. Stop the hate. Full stop. I'm not sure if we're hating. We're just, we are allowed to critically analyse things without hating something, aren't we? Anyway, I'll, I'll just read the message. Shall I? Highlanders have played the tougher New Zealand derby games compared to the Aussies. They were stiffed with the opening draw of playing the Blues, Crusaders and Chiefs. They smashed with injuries from that, writes Otago Man. The Crusaders were smashed by injuries. Who was the fellow that they had to pick up who retired? Gone our four. Yeah, 12 years ago. <laughs> So I'd say the Crusaders are hit with injuries, but they're sitting at you, you probably second. can't you can't use injuries as an excuse all that because it, it, it happens to other teams. Now strength of schedule of the draw that is fair. It's an uneven mm. competition. Yeah, you know the Canes got to play Moana Pacifica twice and scored about 130 odd points. True, so that's fair enough. Um, and they did have a tough draw, but. But it's the breaks. My point is just if you're waiting for other results to go your way, you haven't played well enough. That's just my that's my point, and I'm not hating on the Highlanders. No. I just always think, you know, I've been in that position as a team where you're sitting there and you go, oh, well, we have to make sure that so-and-so beats so-and-so and then this result goes our way and then we're through. But you don't really feel like you've, you've played well enough to get yeah. through. They also conceded more than 50 points on three occasions and 48 on another, you know. That's not great. Back after this break, it's 25 away from 11. Our number is 0800-150-811. You can text us on the Temper Bear Post text machine, double eight double three. 20 minutes away from 11 o'clock, our number 0800-150-811. You can text us on the Temper Bear Post text machine, double eight double three. This is the Saturday session. Uh, Mark writes, uh, what about uh, Ken and Zaid, who I assume callers and texters to the station, spouting off how the blues... We're going to thump the Landers, bloody dreamers. Well, it's Mark. Well, they still won, though, didn't they? It wasn't as if they were yeah. completely and utterly wrong, but you you can't really hold that as boasting rights, can you? <laughs> I tell yeah, you, we lost. You, you said they were going to smash us, <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't. Just by seven points. Sound like a Wellington cricket fan. <laughs> oh, come on. Someone writes here, his name is uh, Andrew Hamilton. 
big Everton fan. So he's just teasing you there, Grant. He's, he's saying he's a big fan. I, I don't see him suggesting he wants to be in the group. No. He's that's saying him saying, it. no, because Peter said, I said, make sure that you get him to text through his name and his number. Ah. And he's the one that with financial oh, acumen. I'm confused. He's, um, Andrew, welcome to the Supporters Club. Congratulations. And he's an equity analyst. Well, Mick has some breaking news for us. Mick here, team. Breaking news. Richie McCaw coming out of retirement to help his Crusaders teammates. <laughs> LOL. Dot, 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 He'd be fit enough. King He'd is d- back. He probably... King, King McCaw. King. King McCaw. Hey, it is King's birthday this weekend, Grant. It's it is. Thinking. In all of sport, across New Zealand, across the world, we have a lot of sports. A lot of sports. A lot of sports claiming to be sports. Yep. That might not necessarily be sports. Oh, don't get me. But but who are the unquestioned that. kings of sport in 2023? This one is for the listeners. 0800-150-811. Living who is without question the king of their sport? Who do you bend the knee to? They have to be alive, though. Well, yeah. There's not many kings out there who have been dead. They, they tend to get replaced. Yeah. Funnily enough, the, the current king replaced the, the queen who, who, who is now deceased is okay. not with us. I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't want well, anyone you, you wanted to name coming Sir back Don saying Sir Don. Yeah. Right, okay. Would be who who are, Don. without question, kings of their sport? Great question. 0800-150-811-8833. We want to know, who would you bend the knee to, Ben Francis? Sorry, I actually have done this this year to this person what oh i had the opportunity you bowed down yeah i had, yeah. To, I had to bow down to them and that so man, the king of ben francis land is the man sitting next to you you didn't <laughs> bow down to me why did you what i'm just talking is there, a, is there someone else in the room <laughs> why was that ben There's when not. was that was that when you picked me up and we went to the studio together. Yeah, and I opened the door for you. I was standing there. being I was, I was, I was treating yeah. you like royalty. I did feel like it was a first date. It was quite strange. We, we knew each other but had never met. And you had your, um, your manat was unlocked. You unleashed the mane as well. Um, it was a beautiful day. I remember that. It was. I, th- I, I do I'm, think I'm this. throwing. I did not expect this. I'm, I'm moved too. I'm actually quite moved. It's, you know, it's not not often do we get a love in on the Saturday session. It tends to be the other one. We're a close team. Yeah, we're a close. We're team. a close team. So, <laughs> arise, King Elliot the first. <laughs> so, I, oh, yeah, I, I think King Elliot's better than King Grant. Grant. Yeah, you can't call. Well, uh, what do we call him? Do we call him Grant, Grant, or Grant? You know, King Elliot. There's something regal about King Elliot. Yeah. King Elliot the first. Uh, but listeners out there, double eight, double three, Temper Bear Post Text Machine, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. I seriously, I seriously want to know. <laughs> uh, and, and as someone has just texted, uh, Joel King, <laughs> that's good. That's very good. Yeah, we could also throw in Billy Jean King, Betsy King, Don King, the Sacramento Kings, the LA Kings. I get it. But I want to know who 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 stands above all in their chosen field. I've got I've got, one, got one person. Well, the first person that came into mind was Kelly Slater. Oh, yes. And I also think what a job that is. That's King a gig. Kelly. That is a gig, hey. King as, Kelly. As long as you don't have to uh, um, have a competition in is it called Nazares or Nazares? No, you were telling the Portugal. Na- Nazare. Where the waves just Nazare. Where the the waves just look so immense. I mean that would. That would uh, make anyone swing to just 
um, just move a little bit before that competition. But I mean, great lifestyle, 11 times world champion. Um, I don't think there'll be anyone that's as good as he's been um, in, in his field. I mean, name, name, name them. Lewis Hamilton. You know he's been off the boil the last two two years. hasn't really won as much as he. But that's the used car's to. fault. <laughs> that's what I've been told. The car's the problem. So was the car the reason he won all those titles beforehand? Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, you're the Formula One expert, Grant. That's good. It's a legitimate question. You you are New Zealand's leading Formula One correspondent. Well, it has a lot to do with it. Which Everton player, former Everton or current Everton player, would Grant want to be bowing down to? Okay. Let, let's not go down that path because we actually want legitimate superstars of their sports. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kelly Slater is getting love on the text line double eight double three. So you're not alone in thinking that. I think that's a great shout. King Kelly is a great shout. Uh, Jacques Callis was called King Callis. Yeah, he was. He was pretty damn fine. I don't think. Apparently not playing. No, he's not really the king of cricket at the moment. S- I know they called him King Coley, but he's not the king of cricket, is he? No, it took him a thousand days to get a, that yeah. century over I, the line. Hopelessly out he was too busy doing MRF uh, adverts. <laughs> Getting paid quite well for them, I'm sure. And, you know. uh, he, he's amazing. Uh, Coley amazing is an amazing player and will be one of the But best. he's not the king of cricket. Like, there's not a standout who player is? who is clearly significantly better than... like LeBron James at his best lived up to King James, didn't he? Mm. So, so who in the sport around the world do you bow down to and acknowledge as the one true... Rightful king. Are we naming? I, sound, the, I feel like I'm doing a vo- voiceover for Game of Thrones. Are we yeah. naming the king of king of sport? Yeah, king of their sport. This morning. Yeah, we, so Kelly Slater's front front runner. Yeah, uh, we we want our ever knowing uh, audience uh, to let us know on double eight double three. It is King's Bertham uh, weekend. Hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Oh, I had one five oh eight eleven. Uh, enlighten us. Who, who are the true stars of their sport around the globe at the moment? It's thirteen away from eleven o'clock. Back after this break. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Taking your calls as we do between ten and eleven o'clock. Also, your text messages on double eight to double three. It is our King's birthday weekend, and we want to know who are the kings of world sport in their respective sports. Uh, Kelly Slater getting a lot of love early. Uh, Grant Elliott got a nomination from Ben Francis. Wow, was that a non-nomination? <laughs> uh, I think he was sincere. I think he was definitely sincere. I actually want to talk about world-class athletes. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, who, who have you got? Who are you thinking? Well, Lionel Messi's got to be up there, right? Is he the king of football? Okay. I well, know, I, I know the, the original king, Pelé, passed away late last year. This is a uh, great question he, for he AI. Won, he, won, he won a... Yeah, okay, who was, the, who was the king of all sports? So, we, we've, so you're going to AI. You're going to go into AI and type in... We've got our friend Bard. Yeah. Right, right. So, Bard, I'll ask Bard, who is the king of sport? Uh, the king of sport. The current king of sport. Current? We want it to be current, don't we? Yeah. Leon now, Messi's got to be out there. He won a World Cup last year. He goes all right. It better not give us a flowery. Oh, okay. So, it goes Lionel Messi is one of the, So, there's popular contenders. Lionel Messi. Well, it starts off with the current king of sport is a matter of opinion. Well, yes, exactly. That's why we're throwing it out there. It, it, it's great. Uh, Lionel Messi... LeBron James, Tom Brady, Usain Bolt, and Serena Williams. Usain Bolt, you'd argue. Well, when was the last time he ran? Yeah, but he is the current 100-meter world record holder. No one will will beat him, surely. Yeah, but he's not the current king, is he? If if you're going athletics, you want to go Armand Duplantis. 
Now you should know this. We're from a we're, we're from a pole vaulting nation, and that guy is the mantis, Duplantis. G'day. <laughs> uh, who, who are we speaking to? Miles. Miles, is it? G'day, Miles. Lyle, L-Y-E-L. Oh, Lyle. Yeah. How's it going, Lyle? That's a, not too bad, mate. Uh, Wally Lewis. Oh, the king. The original rugby league king. King Wally. Yeah, the man they said uh, when he retired that uh, state of origin would die. But uh, Queensland keeps producing them. Did they say that when he retired? <laughs> State of origin yeah, would know, absolutely the, fall a, over. <laughs> yeah, no, mate. I've lived in Australia since '88, and the New South Wales media always said when Wally goes, that'll be the end of Origin. How ignorant they are! Oh, they've, they've only got that hopelessly wrong, haven't they, Lyle? Hopelessly wrong. How's he hopelessly revered today? Not. Oh, you're like everywhere you go, you know, people still want selfies, autographs. I'm hoping to meet them one day because I've got a Australian bicentennial jumper that's signed by a ton of kangaroos, and I, I really want his on it because he was my favourite player. The reason I tell you he's my favourite player, back in the days when he led the side, it was half full of locally... Uh, local was very oh, good. F- it was nowhere near that of Sydney. Right, sorry, you, you just cut out there um, a fraction, so we kind of missed half of that sentence. But but all, all, oh, all okay. these years on, he's still number one in your mind. That's awesome. He obviously made a huge impression on you. The thing is, he could not only lift himself for matches, he could also lift the guys around him, because as I said, the part you missed, a lot of the guys from, were from our local comp here, which was, it was of a good standard. It was nowhere near what Sydney was. You know, now yeah, absolutely. Hey, good on you, Lyle. We're at the top of the hour, my friend. Thanks for calling in from Australia, mate. That's a great shout. Thanks Kings a lot, Lyle. Of sport. You're king of sport. Who do you bow the knee to? King Kelly Wally. Slater. Kelly Slater. King Wally. Oh, yes, some good angry music after 11 o'clock. Bowing down to the king we are. We want to know who do we bow down to in sport? Who are the kings of their sport? Current, maybe former two. It's a few nominations down that path. A few nominations. We went into AI. AI gave us a few, and I I actually agree with one of them. Tom Brady. Again, retired. He retired. Okay, so so they have to currently be playing the sport. No, I I really want to know who the current best of are are going around the world. It's a chance for us to learn. Mm. Like I've got this great message here from um, Andre. King Tony Boo. I hope I pronounced that right. He's Spanish. B-O-U. Yeah. Tony Boo. 32-time world champion in motorcycle trials. <laughs> 16 indoor and 16 outdoor world titles. Gee. Not a bad effort. Uh, that's incredible. You know, I've actually brought up his Wikipedia, of course, you know, a discretion advised Wikipedia revolved. And these trials you talk about, he has only finished outside of the top three in any, um, any round... You know, they have sometimes upwards of 18 rounds. Yeah. So, do the math. He's finished outside the top three in three events. Wow. (laughs) 
Yeah, that thanks would, for that, that Andre. Would, that would be a good into one. the hundred events. He's finished out, so that's incredible. Great shout, Andre. So if there's more examples out there, who are the, the true kings of modern sport of today, contemporary, double eight double three, let us know. Who do you bow down to this King's birthday weekend? Uh, but if you want to go um, non-playing, like this text message here, uh, Grant Elliott, the hairy jav, in brackets, elite athlete. That's because you oh. didn't. You yeah. called me yeah. an, an I, elite no, athlete, I, 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 a non-elite athlete. No, I said I'm talking about elite. Athletes. But th- that actually fires me up, and we'll talk about that later. But, I mean, you know, some people come up to me and they go, cricket's not a sport. You just stand around the field. You know, well, what is a sport out there? You know, what do we consider a sport? Mm. Athletes. Because they'll go, what an athlete, it's, 180. Has, has something been rubbing you the wrong way, Grant? Uh, you know, every now and then something rubs me the wrong way. Well, are you ready to go? Because we, we do do a I'm ready to go. Um, every week on the program called Rub the Wrong Way. And, and while you're taking us down that path, it's probably uh, an opportune time to, to get to what's been rubbing you the wrong way. In association with Rub and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Oh, I've got the ramrod and the ribrock in my hand right now. It's a great combo. Good combo. The, the ramrod for lamb, venison, and game. And then you've got your rib rocker for the pork ribs. Just rub it on. I know that you've used the soft cock a bit on the weekend. Yep. <coughs> Great rub. Wonderful rum rub. Rum and Q. We love them. Well, I think... What's rubbed you the wrong way? Then? What rubs me the wrong way is when people come up to me and they go, yeah, well, oh, you played cricket, but it's not really a sport, is it? I'm thinking, I had three stress fractures playing cricket, trying to get through the crease, trying to... Bowl as fast as I could when I was a youngster. You were slippery back then. I was slippery. Mm-hmm. Opening bowler for the South Africa under-19s on my way to the Dennis Lilly Fast Bowling yeah. Academy before I got rocked with I'm not injuries. sure if you've heard this story, Ben, have you? I'm not sure <laughs> if you've heard this one yet. I know no, we haven't heard this one yet. Anyway. Rocked with injuries. Anyway, focus. And, um, I mean, you put your body through serious pain and physical exertion. So we've all had the discussion. And there's a question and the debate comes up at, what is it? Is it a sport or not? So I try to think about, you know, what rubs me the wrong way and how we can define whether it's a sport or not. And I think that the first level um, or one that we have to tick off is physical exertion. Is there physical exertion? And there's certain levels of physical exertion. I'm sure you can agree with Yeah, that. I'm physically exhausted having sat down in this sh- for Listening an hour and four minutes, like, you know, doing the show. <laughs> Typing a keyboard. <laughs> Is that physical exertion? No, I don't think it is. I think it has to be more than that. Even if you've got cricket gloves on and you're doing the alphabet? That was tough. <laughs> that was a world record. Another one. Um, so that's the first one, yeah. physical exertion. The other one is, is can you improve your performance by improving your conditioning? So can you physically train for it? That's the other one. Okay. So, you know, kicking a ball. Can you train for kicking a ball? Um, and that... Physical exertion has to meet skill. There has to be skill involved. So kicking that ball is a skill, but if I get stronger in my leg and stronger in my base, then I'm going to be able to kick it harder and further. Yes. Um, and then the last one is, because most sports require mental aspects of it, I'd say every, well, thing that we call a sport. So we'll take mental aspect out of it. There has to be a competition. If there's no competition, it's not a sport. Okay, so competition, physical exertion, a skill involved, and a way to train your skill with a physical yes. with physical exertion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so. It. So, are there any examples on of sports that sort of are teetering 
Okay, well, I'll throw it out Sports, or should we ask the, the listeners that? Poker. Is poker a sport? I learned. I, I was Ooh. actually... I'd imagine it's quite stressful. I'd imagine. It, can it be physically... If, if mental stress can be physically draining, right? Well, that's where chess comes into it. And I, I, was, quite, I was quite negative towards chess. But now, great since sport. I've heard... Great game. ...that you lose weight playing chess... Have you played much chess? Yeah, I've played it, but I probably don't play it long enough to lose weight. <laughs> um, so that I think they lose up to five kilos playing chess. It's incredible. So, so you want to know from our listeners the sports that are not sports? Oh, maybe I'm wrong saying that, you know, is e-sports a sport now? Well, to ask your mate at AI. Okay. Let's, let's ask AI. Well, gaming is competitive. Again, it's mentally draining. I'd imagine you need to be in take some physical exertion to play for that length of time. I'm going to say, yes, gaming is a sport. Well, I'm going to say that AI is just going to be on the the fence fence and it has. It's gone. There's some arguments in favour of gaming because it requires a high level of skill and competition, physically demanding, it says, because they play for so long they concentrate, it leads to headaches and even carpal tunnel syndrome. It's a social activity. Um, they play against each other. I don't know why that's in. And it's a growing industry. Uh, well, the arguments against it, it doesn't require the same level of physical exertion as tra- traditional sports. It's not regulated by a governing body. That's probably a good one. And then gaming is not widely accepted as a sport by the general public. So there are, I mean, you know, I said rowing. Rowing is, that, that's a sport because, gee, they go through some pain. Interesting. Very interesting thoughts. Thank you very much, Grant Elliott. Next time you see him on the streets, go up to him and tell him cricket is not a sport. <clears throat> I reckon that'd be quite funny. After li- a, a lot of my mates say, if there's not a ball involved, it's not a sport. There you go, Ben Francis. Cricket's not a sport. We just got uh, really does fire hour. me out. It, it really does. That's rubbed you the wrong way. Uh, what's rubbed you the long way out there? In uh, Radio Land, listen to SCNZ. Remember, everyone who goes in the draw who uh, suggests or lets us know what's rubbed you the wrong way can win some awesome products. And we're not blowing smoke. We've tried it. We love Rum and Q's products. No doubt about that. Award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. What's rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, Get amongst it yourselves on double eight double three the Timber Bed Post text machine, or you can pick up the phone 0800 811. Uh, what's rubbed me the wrong way? It's not necessarily me, Grant, because I'm not a fan of this team. But if I was, my head would be spinning right now. What's going on with Australian rugby, and more specifically, Eddie Jones? The Wallabies coach has seemingly warned the world of the prospect of him walking away after this year's Rugby World Cup. I'm not sure if you're aware, but SCNZ has the rights to the uh, the Rugby World Cup. You, You may have heard that. But Eddie Jones might have, in fact, flagged his intention of resigning before he's actually coached a game. This this is quite a weird one. Now, following his stint last weekend where he was Barbarian's uh, coach, Jones gave a wide-ranging interview to the Evening Standard Rugby podcast. He was asked how he remains so energetic um, after the best part of three decades as a professional coach. Jones made the perplexing admission this might be his final year as Wallabies coach, even though he hasn't actually coached the Wallabies in this stint. I'm only coaching till the World Cup. I've signed, but as I've made the mistake before, I've stayed too long. So we win it, the World Cup, it will be time to go. If we lose the World Cup, it will be time to go. Okay, 
So Jones did not elaborate on those comments when he was approached by Australian media. Australian media did what they should do. Then they contact Rugby Australia, and according to a Rugby Australian spokesperson, Jones was trying to emphasise his focus is only on the Rugby World Cup. Um, and they are confident Jones will see out his five-year contract. That's right. They gave him a massively long five-year contract. And only after asking Dave Rennie to go. Dave Rennie being the former head coach who had one year on his deal. Uh, also in the background, Rugby Australia are bidding farewell to their CEO, Andy Marinos, this month after accepting his resignation. Uh, it does seem former Wallabies uh, captain Phil War is set to be installed as the new CEO. CEO. It's all pretty messy to say the least. Uh, and to the point about Eddie Jones suggesting he might walk away, uh, win or lose after the World Cup, Eddie might be being Eddie here, right? There might not be a whole heap of truth to it. He might have just thrown it out there for expletive and giggles. But come on, I think it's time he probably needs to clarify that. It seems a little bit messy, to say the least. That's what's rubbed me the wrong way. Well, thinking of Australian rugby fans especially. Uh, what's rubbed you the wrong way? 0800 You can pick up the phone or text us on double eight double three. Everyone who uh, gets involved gets into the draw to win some uh, awesome uh, products. Thanks uh, to the fantastic team. At uh, Rum and Q. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rub sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. It is 11 minutes after 11 o'clock. Is it fair to say, Grant, arm wrestling is a sport? Uh, it ticks all those boxes. Yeah, there's physical exertion. Yep. I yep. reckon there would be a certain amount of skill as well, like yep. how you get your hand in a certain position. And looking at this, and you can train. And looking at the size of our next guest, I wouldn't want to... <laughs> dispute whether or not it's a sport or not. We can't wait to catch up with him after the break. Uh, joining us, uh, Kiwi Sporting Royalty, an 11-time New Zealand arm wrestling champion. He also holds the national best bench press record with a whopping 262.5 kgs. Mahati Warangi Heta Modis is going to join the program after this break. Stay with us. This is the Saturday Session. 16 minutes after 11 o'clock, this is the Saturday session. We take bra pride in uh, covering a lot of sports, and we're absolutely thrilled this weekend, Grant. Uh, we can introduce uh, to, to our listeners here. First time he's appeared on the program, Sporting Royalty in New Zealand. Sporting Royalty. Uh, I can't wait to um, uh, speak to him. Mate Warangi Hitsamodis um, last weekend took part in the Iron Hand, New Zealand Open Arm Wrestling Tournament, which had athletes from Australia and Uzbekistan. Don't forget that, Grant, and the Kiwi made it all the way through to the final, losing out to an Australian uh, nicknamed the Anvil. That sounds painful. Uh, he is an 11-time New Zealand champion in the sport and holds the record also for bench press at a whopping 262.5 kgs. That's three times more than my uh, max bench press. Well, never, me, never, never quite got to three figures. No, yeah. I couldn't get to three figures. Always strive to. I always try to get to that 100 mark. 97.5 was my best. So 265, it's impressive. I'll tell you what, Angie joins the program now. Thanks so much for dropping by. When were you bench pressing triple uh, digits when you were 12, 13? <laughs> hey, guys. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, when I was about seven. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm built like a racing snake, though. I, I've seen photos of you, Matawe uh, Rangi, and uh, to be honest... The, the pipes that you've got on those arms of yours, I would do whatever you told me to do. They look like they're very impressive, those arms of yours. And I'm sure at age seven, you probably would have smoked me in an arm wrestling match as well. 
Well, I, I was, I just, yeah, I guess I loved it from, yeah, day dot and just um, sort of kids, uncles, family members, friends, yeah. How, how did it start? How did yeah, this love dot. of arm yeah, wrestling start? Tell us about Day Dot. Um, so, like, you know, being at primary school and stuff, I think um, a lot of the kids knew about arm wrestling, but um, yes. I don't know where it came from, to be honest. I just knew that we put our arms on the table and we tried to push the other kids' arm down. But it really took off in high school, and um, I guess it was like a, a pride thing back then. And, um, yeah, I just I, I, I fell in love with it as soon as I uh, learned about it. Were, were you the man at high school too? Like, were you winning all the time? And, and you know, your mana was sort of growing around college. No one can beat no one can beat him in, a, in an arm wrestle and challenges coming forth? <laughs> yeah, no, I've been, um, yeah, I, I think I was undefeated at school. I think I maybe lost to, like, one kid who was, like, 60 kilos. And, uh, yeah, but. <laughs> well, was he a year 15 student? You know, like he'd, retu- he'd returned to, to the last year of high school for three years or something. <laughs> no, it was just like you just one random kid, man, and he was just built for it. Um, <laughs> but one, one of the, one of the uh, kids at the school who was, um, he was in crutches. Uh, due to a disability, but he he was hard to beat. Oh, fantastic! So you ne- you never know, never judge a book by its cover. So you leave high school. When, when did you start? You know, getting into you know full blown senior competitions. Um, I, I actually so yeah, this is going back to when I was um uh, in early adulthood, and I just experienced um, going to the pubs. So me and my mates used to go out um, to the pubs and arm wrestle people for drinks and, and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Did, did you ever get smoked by someone in the pub? That uh, unsuspecting where you said, come on, I'll, I'll arm wrestle you for a drink and they've just absolutely obliterated you? There, there are two guys. So one guy I, I met at a fishing tournament and he was about six foot eight, about 200 kilos. And I've been seeing him, I was like, one day I'm going to arm wrestle him. And I came across him at the pub, and um, yeah, I smoked him, which, which was surprising. Brilliant! You, you cut and, down your Goliath. Because I've, I've got visions now of you, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, Colour, was it Colour for Money, with, with uh, Tom Cruise and Paul Newman? You know, the hustlers. They, they were hustling people over mm. Paul. Would you lure people yeah. in? And, and then take uh, the fraud? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I had friends that did that. <laughs> They'll go out and get them. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so obviously it takes enormous skill and uh, power. We, we all know that. Strength must help. Like Grant and I have our arms up. Uh, you know, give, give us some some coaching lessons here. You know, what's the key to good mm. technique and skill? And how do you not use your body? Surely using the body. I mean, if you've got someone who's 200 kilograms, they're not allowed to lean into it. It has to be all well, just arm. Well, that's, that's, where, that's where you need to learn like the art. So it is about your body. You, you want to use a body. It's like, say, um, when you do a pull-up, 
you know, you're pulling yourself up, and as, as you're pulling yourself up, your arm is closing. If you can't do that, then there's no point in using your body weight to pull down because you could have a weak arm, and as you're pulling down using your body, if your arm's not strong enough to hold your body weight, your arm's just going to stay in the one position. Mm. Interesting. So, and is there a technique on the yeah. grip? Because one thing I would have loved to have spoken to you about every time I finished a, a cricket game, Kumar Sangakara used to squeeze my hand and he, he used to get this grip where I just had no grip and he'd smash my knuckles. Surely there's a way that you can maneuver your hand into a specific position that gives you more power. Yeah, so so it all depends on um, what move. Uh, it depends on the move that you use in the sport. So there's three main moves. There's a top roll, uh, a hook, and a press. Uh, there's a fourth one now. It's called the king's move. But um, so a top a top roll is you're applying pressure into your opponent's fingers. So what what that initially right. is is you're pretty much pulling towards yourself. Okay. And then don't touch me there, Grant. Yeah, don't touch me there. It's weird. Oh yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, I like yeah. that technique. So yeah, you want to take, I'm taking you notes. Want to pull, yeah, you want to pull towards yourself. And then a hook is you're driving into the person's wrist and you're caving the hand, cupping the hand in towards you. Got you. Yeah. And then you've got a press where you shoot, you shoot around your shoulder and you're almost tricep pressing the person's arm down. Yeah, that sounds painful for me. That, 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 I don't think I can pull that one off, Grant. Maybe you can do the press and, and I'll sit with the top roll on the hook. What's your go-to move then? What would you say that, you know, people, when they're up against you, they go watch out for, you know, the press? Or what is your signature move that you think that you, you they just don't have a chance? So my one is, is called the unforgiving top roll. Unforgiving. unforgiving top roll. <laughs> it's like a WWE finishing move, isn't it? The unforgiving top roll. And what you just you, you slam them down and then that you just roll them off the seats. Like get away from me. Get away from me. Lift yeah. your game, mate. You're not good yeah, enough. Pretty much. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. This is awesome. Hey, um I, I have to ask, um, is your favorite movie over the top by uh you know with Sylvester Stallone? I, I hate that movie. <laughs> when I turn my cat around like this, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, is it a that, terrible that, reflection of the sport as I suspected it would be? I just find it cringy as fuck. Oops, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's all right. That's right. We're, we're, you know, that's all right. That's right. We, we apologise for the language, but you can understand it's a frustration. He spent his whole life dedicated to the sport, and then Sylvester Stallone and, and the movie producers have given such a poor reflection of, of, of it, so I can completely yeah. understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, that movie, that, that movie um, the, the tournament that was happening around that movie was actually happening. And that truck was actually won by a guy named John Brzezik. And John Brzezik is is the greatest arm wrestler of of all time. He was, I think he would have been like maybe 19 or 20 when he became world champ. And then, so he's been arm wrestling like, like he's he's nearly 60. He's still one of the best in the world now. Brzezik. Well, we're going to have to try and find a video of him. Yeah. 
I, I want to find out as well from from you. What does your training day look like? Surely you have to go and do training. It doesn't mean just going down to the pub and just taking people on and <laughs> smashing them and getting the unforgiving over the top um, move on them. Uh, what, what does your uh, training look like leading up to world tournaments? So um, I have a I run a club in Hamilton, and um, once a week we get together and we we do about a good four or five hours of. Um, wrestling training um, leading up to like a tournament or a comp um, we'll probably peak their training about three weeks prior to the tournament and then we'll slowly taper off the intensity um, and then spend the last week just trying to heal up but yeah so, so you, is just full on intense yeah so you want to be quite fresh then for the tournament you want to make sure that you haven't you know arm wrestled too much you go in fresh but conditioned well, the difference with um, uh, arm wrestling and any other sport is that you're using the um, majority of tendons and joints than you are um, muscles. So you'll, you don't want to have fatigued tendons um, going mm. into a tournament. Brilliant. I've loved chatting to you. That's I really great. have. Thanks so much for, for shining some light on your sport, your own sort of... Uh, you know, progress through to it. The fact that you, uh, you know, bench pressed over 100 kg as a seven-year-old, it might be the highlight of my day. Brilliant stuff. Thanks so much, mate. We look forward to following your progress because it sounds like there's no, there's no slowing you down. <laughs> Cheers, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm full steam ahead. I, I absolutely love my sports, so yeah, nothing's going to stop me. Good on you. Good on you. Really do appreciate it, Mate Warangi. Head to Morris, the 11-time New Zealand champion in arm wrestling, joining the show there. Also, the National Bench Press <laughs> record holder, 262.5 kgs last weekend. Uh, finishing second in the Iron Hand, the New Zealand Open arm wrestling competition uh, that had competitors from all over. Uh, all right, Grant, come on. We've got to do it, don't we? It's probably what Ben Francis is going to Well, ask. I think I'm going to be more the, the you, you, one where you, you said sounds painful. We, it's the press, isn't it? Yeah. All right, are we ready? Three, two, one, go. I'm, oh, you've just used that other one with yeah, the fingers. I'm, I'm going the with the top roll. I'm going with the top roll. Come on, come on. No, you're going to win. I, oh, can't. I can't think of anything worse than losing to you in an arm wrestle, and I did. <laughs> I can't, as an elite athlete, I can't, I can't lose I that one. I had you there for a second. <laughs> you did. I had you there. But he gave you too many tips. I felt the, I felt the squeeze of the fingers. I felt the Kumar Sangakara <laughs> handshake that what, did me. What was his, the unforgiving top roll? The unforgiving See, top was, roll. Mine was the forgiving top roll. <laughs> Poor. It I, is a sport. I bow down to you. And that but, sounds like a painful one as well. It does. Just the training, four, four to five hours of arm wrestling. <laughs> and I can imagine the units there as well. It's not going to be small. I do love that story of, you know, seeing his Goliath, yeah. six foot eight, 200. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to arm one wrestle day. you one day, mate. <laughs> and I'm going to beat you. Hope you enjoyed that. It's almost half past 11. Uh, keep your suggestions coming through for uh, Rubbed You the Wrong Way. You've got a prize pack thanks to the awesome team at Rum and Q. Whatever's just rubbed you up the wrong way as far as sport is concerned this week. Double eight, double three, send them through to the Timber Bedpost text machine. Back after this. This is the Saturday session with our dear friends at Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces and seasonings. We've got a prize pack uh, to anyone who contributes to our little game, what's rubbed you the wrong way this week to send through 
things that have got under your skin or rubbed you the wrong way. Uh, Gary writes here, staying up way past my bedtime only to watch bloody Queensland outpassion New South Wales again. And to top it all off, I had to look at those horrible dark blue jerseys. That's what's rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, appreciate that. You're in the draw. Barry, we go from Gary to Barry. What rubbed me the wrong way was Lyle, my cousin in Australia, <laughs> finding the station that I listened to. That's fantastic. It's obviously referring to Lyle, who called into the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. so Barry, uh, Lyle's doing well by the sounds. He also adds, and the Maroons putting their great, great grandfather's convict number on one sleeve of their jersey. I assume that's the playing number. Uh, the Queensland player number 78, for example, is on their number. And we all know why the convict number's been mentioned there by Barry, because of our dear friends in Australia. And uh, Mark here, and this is the way you critically analyse refereeing, I would think, rather than going to the airport and hurling abuse at them as they leave. <laughs> uh, ben O'Keefe and his officiating team rubbed me the wrong way last night. Multiple infringements before every Blues try. You know, he's got try in one of those air quotations. Uh, last night writes, Mark, thank you very much, Mark. Do appreciate it. We want to know the kings of sport. It is King's birthday. Who are the um, undisputed kings of sport? Uh, I'm going to ref- get to three messages. Who will highlight one person who's amazing and no doubt about it? Let's start off with Gary's morning, guys. Courtney Duncan. Okay, queen, not king, but she's the business in women's motocross. Uh, Gary's backed up by, is it Margaret? Hi, guys. Courtney Duncan. Full stop. And then Dave writes, morning men, king slash queen of motocross, Courtney Duncan, women's uh, world motocross champion, won nine out of ten races uh, for third world title. Beautiful day in Waiheke. Go the Canes. Go the Canes. Yeah, Courtney Duncan is extraordinary. What was we it? are talking about the undisputed kings of sport. It is King's birthday weekend. Grant's undisputed king um, that he bows down to. Who do you bend the knee to? Um, double eight, double three. Uh, let us know your suggestions. Uh, Grant's going with uh, Kelly Slater. Um, Craig's actually nominated Dax as the king of talkback callers. Well, you actually axed me as your co-host, and you yeah. wanted to get Dax in. Dax, leave your number, please. Daniel's obviously <laughs> underwhelmed with my input this weekend. No, I was just overwhelmed by how good Dax was. Gerard writes, morning, uh, chaps. For God's sake, the king is Arnold Palmer. Thank you very much, Jared. And uh, thank you very much, Brett, who writes. I love uh, If anyone has a problem with the language Te Warangi used, go tell him yourself. Don't expect Jav and Daniel to tell him off. <laughs> uh, we apologised uh, straight away. He did. He did. He, he recognised that. Another one might have snuck through, but I wasn't going to leave it. Next there. time I'm in Hamilton, do you think we need to put this on the bucket Oh, no, list? we need to find out. Where the training is. Where, where his club is. Yes. yes. Can we write this down on the list of challenges Grant Elliott will do, but probably won't? I just, the thing Go is, to, I can feel my shoulder just popping out just thinking about my it. My elbow's killing me after that. Well, I'm not surprised. About I've 15, got, it's about 15 seconds. got some big pipes on me, don't I? Yeah. I, I'm no arm wrestler. Uh, joining us after the break to talk some basketball, both uh, home and abroad, um, our dear friend Casey Frank returns from Sky Sports. Stay with us. 18 away from 12 o'clock, almost lunchtime. Let's talk some basketball, both home and abroad, from Sky Sport. And, of course, as heard on these, with these wonderful airwaves of SENZ, it's Casey Frank. Uh, good morning, Casey. I'm glad you're out of bed. Morning, Casey. <laughs> one time, one time you sent through a couple of phone calls. I'd never let you live down. Morning, boys. How are we doing? 
We're doing really well, mate. We're, I'll, I'll never give you grief, mate. You've been so generous with your time over the years, my friend. Uh, but, you know, but like Grant, you can take a joke too, which is fantastic. <laughs> hey, what, what's not a joke is Tom Abercrombie's um, Tall Blacks career is over 36 years young. This close to a World Cup, you know, timing might have caught some people off. What say you? You know, I haven't been through something similar to this before uh, as a guy who's gone to three World Cups and knows the, you know, the pressure that puts on your body over eight years. And for Tommy, this would have been looking at his fourth World Cup. You know, it would have been a special list he was joining with Perro Cameron, Kirk Penny, uh, I believe Phil Jones as well uh, made it to four. I'm not 100% positive there. Maybe I know Phil actually only made it to three. But Kirk, uh, Kirk and uh, Perro and Mika, uh, those, those three guys are the, the four clubs. But, you know, that's a, that's a 12-year commitment. And at this stage of his career, uh, the way his, his, you know, not that his body's declining, but uh, he does take great care of it. And you get right before a, a tall black campaign's about to start, and you have to weigh it up. Am I able to, you know, commit to the level that I need to commit to, to be there? And it's not just physical, it's mental as well. And all you have to do every day to just make sure your body's up for those four hours of training where you're going through camp trying to make the team and then everything else. So uh, the same thing happened to me. When I hung it up, I thought I was going to do it right up to the day. And then I got a call from Paulie, his first year, his first year as coach. And I just said, sorry, man, I got nothing left. <laughs> and that's just sort of the way it goes. But a fantastic career. He's uh, been a great serviceman to the country. Uh, his leadership and his skill will be sold in this. Casey, I want to ask you, coming from um, you know cricket as, as my sport, I'm seeing that players have a lot more longevity. What's your sort of longevity with basketball? Because I was, I was trying to find that out from someone when I was watching the Saints game the other day, and they weren't really too sure, but I got the feeling it was sort of, you know, when you got to your 30s, you were almost quite old because of the, you know, the jarring and it's the impact that it takes to be on that court for so long. Yeah, I think, you know, when you get to your 30s, things do certainly start to change physically. Uh, you lose a little bit of that first step, the quickness. I think if guys take great care of themselves, they can play into their mid-30s. You know, a guy like LeBron, uh, he spends a million dollars a year on his body. He's going to play till 40. But really, mm. when you get to that 35 section, that, that that's when I really felt it. I went from guy being, you know, 36, I was okay. And then I tried to play again at 36 in my last World Cup campaign. Just worked tremendously hard to get myself into top physical shape. And that's when everything started breaking down. It wasn't just that uh, you know, I'd tear a calf here or I had an old herniated disc injury that would come back and just feel a lot worse than it was. But it was when I got to my spot on the court uh, and I tried to explode like it used to explode, I couldn't do it anymore. If, you know, a closeout, I used to be able to close that space a little bit more quickly and affect the shot. All of a sudden, that was getting off cleanly or it was getting blown by. So it's, it's little things that you have to adjust all the way. And, and when you get to, you know, I was able to fake it. I was a really athletic guy. I was able to get through to 36, but at that yeah. point, I just fell off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's all all the more amazing uh, that, you know, King James in the NBA is averaging, what, 29, 8, and 6 as a 38-year-old. Like, come on. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I don't think anyone understands how impossible it is just to be playing at that level. And, you know, as good as the breakers are, that's not the same level. It's the NBA is the nth degree of athleticism. And he's still out there, you know, playing, not, not just playing, but playing 70 games and playing deep into the playoffs and performing every single game. Not the same player he was, he never will be, but still having a similar effect on the game. And, you know, back to, to take it back to Tommy, at 36, I still think he's got an opportunity to have a great effect on the breaker season defensively, certainly. And I think part of why he's pulling away from the Tall Blacks now is to make sure that he can uh, provide right. the club that provides him some opportunity with as much of himself as he can. Well, while we're on the, the theme of the NBA, let's zero in on that. Um, has King James been usurped? Is the new king in Denver? 
<laughs> what well, if you're talking about who's the best player in the NBA? Yeah, I would have yes. to say that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now. You know, I think for the last three or four years, to me, it's been it's been Giannis. He he's been the unstoppable force. But you know, two back to back MVPs, another you know top to second team All NBA position this year for Jokic. And the way he's dominated these playoffs, like, uh, I, I mean, I can't think of a big man since Shaq who's had this effect on a postseason, a true center, you know, yes. like, uh, yes, Duncan had some big, great games, but he was more of a power forward type that played the center position. But the way he is dominating things, it's, it's really stuff that we, we've only seen two, three, four times in the history of basketball. And it's a little bit uh, underpublicized, but it is great to watch. Does she get 10 dimes a game? Ten assists a game from the center position. You know, you could pass the ball, Casey, but that's that, those numbers are ridiculous. It really is. I mean, he, he works as the hub of that offense, so a lot works through him. But the vision and the skill that he has to pull off the passes he's pulling off, it's unheard of. I mean, there, there, there's been some great passing big men in the history of basketball. You look at a Bill Walton. You look at, for me, an Avita Sabonis. Uh, you know, th- those are the two names that pop out immediately. Will Chamberlain led the league in assists one year. But none of them have the consistent skill to get teammates open. And, and I, I think, uh, you know, it's just an unselfish brand of basketball he plays. It's contagious on that team. and uh, Because of his skill scoring the basketball as well, he has truly become just an unstoppable force down low. It doesn't matter what you do. He is going to be contributing 60, 70, 80 points to his team's uh, margin every single game. Hey, Casey, I'm a, I'm a Heat fan. So um, how am I going to fear the, <laughs> the finals here? You've just been talking about someone who's unstoppable. Um, I'd like to think that Buckets Butler has got something to say about that. But they played well against uh, uh, Celtic, but... Um, yeah, un- unfortunately, um, it doesn't look good for them, does it? He just put him out of his misery, Casey. Sweep the league, Casey. <laughs> look, if any team's capable of coming up with an upset, it's the Miami Heat. Uh, the way they've performed in this uh, playoff series has been unbelievable. I mean, because they, they really they, they beat a better Milwaukee team. They, they beat a better Boston team. I, I think they were better than the Knicks, uh, even though they were the eight lower seed. I think they were better there, and they took care of business. But, but their ability to take teams out of what they want to do I, I think has been really impressive this season. And uh, down the stretch, you talk about Jimmy Buckets, uh, Hemi Buckets, which is now trademarked. So he's got another another one coming. He is him. Uh, but but he's uh, he, Hemi Buckets down the stretch uh, of the last few games, especially against Boston in this first game against Denver, just looks like his legs have left him just yes. a bit. Which is, yeah, he, he just doesn't have that same lift. He, he, you know, we shot, uh, I think it was 13 for 25 from the field in game one against Denver, zero free throw attempts. And when he's at his best, it's when he's getting into the paint, getting those up fakes and using his strength to get through. And I think part of it is the, the matchup. Uh, Aaron Gordon, he's got the size and the length and the strength to really keep him out of his spots, to not let him be dominant physically like he was able to at times against the Celtics. So a combination of not having legs, not having that, he's not quite there. Can they do it? Uh, there were some good things in game one. You know, they missed some open shots. If they hit two or three of those, it's a different game down the stretch. But I, this is without Jokic even trying to score. He took five shots in the first half. He didn't even give a look at the basket unless it was absolutely necessary. I just don't see the answer they have for him. So for me, it's going to be Denver in four. But it, would it surprise me if Miami did the impossible once again? Well, yeah, it would. But, you know, I kind of expect it. Um, he was being really nice to you there, Grant. Yeah. I, I think he was being really nice. <laughs> uh, you didn't give me much hope. No. No, is well, I said to my kids, computer, computer says no. If Miami, AI says no. 
Okay, right, let's get to the Sal's NBL. Um, great, one of the great rivalries, of course, in the Scott Magician, Nelson and Wellington. They played last night. Um, it was the Saints getting a big win in a high-scoring game, 120 to 112. Hold on. The Saints, all of a sudden, are 5-5 five and five, and fifth after being stuck at the bottom. Are they relevant again? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, their, their, their talent is upper echelon in this competition. Uh, they, they didn't have Kyle Adnam for the first few games. They still don't have Isaiah Moriojo Oholiapa, uh, but they're playing well without him. Last night, uh, you had four guys, which is Vodanovic, Musius, uh, Adnam, and Philly Smith-Milner. They combined for just under 100 points or right at 100 points. Uh, uh, that kind of production out of four guys is fantastic. I love the way that Adnam's playing. With all the weapons he has on the wing and in the post, you know, he's dished out 16 assists last night. A couple weeks ago, he dished out 19 assists. Uh, just really love what they're putting together offensively. They've got some things to answer to defensively. That's not where they need it to be just yet, evidenced yep. by the, the game Nelson had last night. But that offense is really high octane and could, can put the ball in the bucket against anybody. Yeah, One, one of the things I noticed, uh, Casey, was uh, Musius. Um, his um, uh, introduction into the team, it seems like they've got a really good chemistry going now, the Saints. When I watched them at the start of the season, they looked all over the show. They didn't really have consistency in their squad. Um, but now they look consistent, and the chemistry is, like, it's unbelievable to be courtside there to see where they were at the start of the season compared to where they are now. Yeah, I really like Musius. Uh, Isaiah Musius has come in, uh, been a great defender on the wing. He's got great size. He's about 6'7". Good athlete, good shooter. Uh, he's really been able to contribute. And you can see he's got the ear of the other guys on the team, a fantastic leader. For me, the start of the season was more about Kyle Adnam going down with injury. They had built an offense around mm. his decision-making abilities, his ability to either score or fi- find the open man. And when he wa- wasn't available, everything just really dropped down. You know, that they had to lean on Francis Mobile Hill Jr. Uh, for, for, to, to try and run that offense. And he's a, he's a competent player, but he just doesn't have that same skill set as Adnam does. So now that he's clicked back in, they found that flow, the offense is coming along perfectly. Just got to find a way to get more of a collective on defense to keep teams from scoring in these triple digits. I think six weeks to go in the regular season. Uh, so the game's this weekend. Is the feature one for us to, to pay a particular attention to? And I'm sure you'll cover this off with Justin on a Tuesday night. Uh, Hawks bar up against the Rams. That's later tonight, isn't it? That's, that's later this afternoon, yeah. That's the, the second one or the first one to, today. Uh, we've got Auckland against the Jets before after that at 7 o'clock. But at 5 p.m., those guys tip off. And, you know, it's going to be a big test. Uh, you know, Hawks Bay has finally got right back onto the rack foot uh, with two more road wins. They're great away from home. Uh, they still haven't got a win at the, in the nest in Napier or down there at Terradale Arena. Haven't got a win at home, but fantastic on the road. And they're playing with a lot more. It's so uh, weird. Awareness. It's very strange. It makes no it's sense. so really strange. Does. <laughs> and last week, you know, they won in Otago, a team, you know, that had been uh, only one loss in the, this year up to that point at home. They took them down. They were top of the table. It doesn't matter. They've got the skill set and the ability to score well. Uh, this is another team, though, that can get in foul trouble. If they're not forcing turnovers, the offense can get sluggish in the half court. And the, the Rams, having lost Ty Winyard, uh, they've got Joe Lawson in there. And I believe it's Joe Lawson. A lot of imports came in this week, a lot of guys on different teams. But bringing in a new import. Uh, to go along with the skill set of Tevin Brown and the unbelievable athleticism of Tevin, uh, uh, Troy Baxter Jr. Uh, they're, they're a really good team. And I think this next little stretch here in the next few weeks tells me if Canterbury is up there in that top two with Auckland and Otago 
or if they're sitting there at three, four with Franklin uh, and just a little bit out. It's either a top three that separates or that top two is the cream of the crop to me. And this is game today is going to be one of the telltale signs of that. Good man, Casey. Thanks so much for being generous with your time as always, my friend. Keep up the great work. Loving it. Go well. Thanks a lot, Casey. Appreciate it, boys. It's easy when you can hear the phone in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's easy when it's close to midday, mate, and you're out of bed. You're out of the scratcher. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Frank, of course, former Tall Black, uh, went to multiple World Cups, so understands uh, exactly where Tom Abercrombie is uh, coming from. A wonderful servant to New Zealand basketball. It will continue, just not in the uh, the Black Signal at the World Cup later this year. Over 100 games for New Zealand. We wish him well, and we can't wait to continue to bring you all the action from the sales NBL. Grant's looking a little bit forlorn next to me. I didn't have my coffee this morning. I no. didn't get you a coffee. I, I oh, no, apologise no, for that. You're downcast about I apologise that. That's okay. You were in the play-in. You are in the play-in just to make the playoffs. I said to make And you've made it all the way to the NBA uh, final. They played too many games getting there, I reckon. They broke it. It's okay, mate. I said it's to okay. my kids, if we win it, I'm getting a Miami Heat vest. They really want me to get one. Vest or... Yeah, one of those playing vests. A singlet. jumper. Singlet. Whatever. Vest. <laughs> a vest? End of the afternoon. 12 o'clock final hour of the show. Great to have your company here on SENZ. This is the Saturday session. Let's give you the uh, sporting headlines this hour. Unlike last hour, naughty me. Should tell me off, Ben. Uh, let's get to the sporting headlines. <laughs> it's like, as if you listen to me. <laughs> Not that bad a teammate. No, you I know, I, I know. No, I, I just, I didn't even Wait, notice. So that's what I mean. I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, God, good. Oh, good. 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 Excellent. Were we talking at um, one, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there will be lots of finger wagging. Lots of finger wagging. Listing posts. People love listing posts. Uh, two of the biggest names in men's tennis have advanced at the French Open overnight. The Joker. Not the good Joker. The one people have a, you know, Leave alarm. alone. No, it's not Leave me, mate. Alone. I don't have an issue with the bloke. So many other people have an issue with Novak Djokovic. Um, he needed treatment uh, on a side before securing a 7-6, 7-6, 2 win against Spain's Alejandro Davidovich Fokina to reach the last 16, while uh, s- uh, Spain's top seed, Carlos Alcaraz, also progressing with a 6-1, 6-4, 6-2 win over the Canadian 26 seed, Denis Shapovalov. Uh, the Russian seventh seed, Andrei Rublev, um, was knocked out by Italy's Lorenzo Sonego after relinquishing a two-set lead in a five-set thriller. I've just broken the golden golden rule of radio. What's that? Not a pronouncing ne- Never read a tennis correctly. story without having uh, pre-read it. <laughs> With the sound. Yeah, like, ne- never try and do it live and off the cut. I just did it there. But you're reading the, aren't you reading those. the 11 o'clock at 12 as well? Yeah, so. I know, but I, I, yeah, but I, did, yeah, I wanted to get that in because it didn't feature at 12. Okay, tennis is important. I, I can't wait for the tennis world to collectively lose their mind when Novak actually wins his twenty third, becomes the greatest of all time. People just have. I've got no know, problem with the guy. I, but I'm, I'm not saying me. you do. I'm just saying no. there's a large portion of the population, e- even prior to what he did at the Australian Open, all these other things. You know, prior to opening his mouth at this tournament, for some reason, but people get quite agitated. And, and what am I basing this on? having done talkback for years and years and years. <laughs> and actually, I remember doing one show, for, you know, we dedicated it to, why don't you guys like Djokovic? You know, it was okay. Fairly basic sort of intellect on that show. Because he brought up the war recently, didn't he, in a press conference. And that... no, he, said that, he said Kosovo was the heart of Serbia. 
Mm. I, my, my geopolitical understanding of that part of the world, um, nowhere near, but pretty sure Kosovo stand alone these days. Um, yeah, it didn't go down well. Defeated Eden Park has left the Highlanders Super Rugby playoff hopes precariously placed. Needing to victory to clinch their quarterfinal spot next week. Uh, the Southerners were unable to make a dent on the hometown blows, losing by 16 points to nine in their final regular season outing. They'll now face a nervous weekend wait. Uh, they need the force and the drawer both to lose. Ollie Pope crashed his maiden test double yes. 100, and De- Ben Duckett helped himself to 102 on a completely <laughs> one-sided second day of England's uh, test match against Ireland at Lords. Should we bring out the full scorecards um, so we can uh, run our eye over Baz Ball? Shall we? We, we do like a, a Bruno McCallum scorecard. Well, you just want to see how what their run yeah. over was. Yeah, Ireland made 172 in the first inning. So England, in their first innings, made 524 for the loss of four declared in, what's that, 82.4 over, 6.33 runs and over. Yeah, yeah, well, it's Baz Ball-y, isn't who's, it? Who's Baz dropping? Who didn't well, strike Zach, at 100? Well, Zach Crawley got runs. He got 56 off 45. That's good for Australia because he'll stay in the team. Mm. Um, ben Duckett made 182 off 178. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Ollie Pope, 205 off 208. That's not run of ball stuff. That's Fastest ever double 100, though. No, it's not. It is. Fastest ever test double 100 by an England player. Oh, by an England player. By Nathan England. Astle's fan club were just about to call you up and go, get out of the country, Grant. <laughs> Uh, but he's he's not going to run a ball. Might yes. have to leave him out. Um, Joe Root, 56 or 59, might have to leave him out. Not scoring fast enough. Harry Brook, nine not out. Uh, increasing his test average back only, over 80. Only five sixes, though. Yeah, but how many fours? About 50 fours and about 82 overs. That's a lot of boundaries. 62 fours. Yeah. Unreal. And uh, in reply in their second innings, Ireland uh, 97 for the loss of three. Still trailing by a lot. And Jose Mourinho has been charged by UEFA for using insulting, abusive language against a match official after confrontations with Anthony Taylor during the Europa League final. The Roman manager and his staff were abusive towards the Premier League referee numerous times during the defeat to Sevilla in Budapest. After the game, footage on social media showed Mourinho um, directing a string of expletives towards the officials in the car park labelling their performance a disgrace, while Taylor was then abused by Roma fans at the airport. And in the car park. Yeah, another unsavoury incident on that front. There you have it, the very latest in sports headlines. Let's get back to our text messages, Grant. They've been good today. They the have been good. Thank you very much, listeners. The text messages have been fantastic. We've had a variety of topics. Of course, as is always the case, rubbed the wrong way. If something's annoyed you during the week, what's rubbed you the wrong way? Yeah. Everyone goes in the draw to win some awesome products, thanks to the team at uh, Rum and Q. And I would highly encourage it. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. Someone writes here, what rubs me the wrong way? It's pity about it being the last punters club, Mark and Pukakoe writes. Not sure what that means. Is it, is it the performance last weekend of the crew? Maybe we can ask Clado and crew. <laughs> uh, also, what's... Oh, this sounds very painful. I hope you're okay, unnamed texter. What has rubbed me the wrong way is I have gout. I got prendazone from the doctor for it, the only three hours sleep I've had since I got that was during the state of origin, and I missed the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
annoying. But that's the, <laughs> that that's the so, mental game. That is so annoying. you go, don't go to sleep now, don't go to sleep. It's like, don't hit the ball in the water. <laughs> yeah, but while his joints are barking at him. You know, <laughs> like, oh, do I hold off taking this medication to watch you know, State of Origin? Or suffer through this excruciating pain? <laughs> uh, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I, I, we tend to pull a name out of a hat. Can we fix it this week? Can we, you know, put his name in twice, maybe? Yeah, I do feel for him. The other question today, because it is uh, God, uh, God's weekend, <laughs> King's birthday weekend, all hail Charles. Uh, the kings of sport, the undisputed kings of sport, whether it's our contemporary athletes or athletes of the past, the Kelly Slater fan club over here, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a suggestion. Shohei Otane, undeniable king of baseball, in my opinion. A once-in-a-lifetime player playing a sport right now. He is wow. an outstanding pitcher and hitter. This doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. He's extraordinary at both. I think he's the undeniable king of baseball for um, being able to do dual roles. I know Mike Trout, his teammate, is an extraordinary player in his own right, but um, he's the undisputed king. Someone writes here, current king of sport pre-origin would have been Nathan Cleary. (laughs) I guess now you maybe go Payne Haas, but all-time king, you can't go past the one, the only, Mr. Muhammad Ali. Writes Dave. That's a pretty good shout. What is up with Nathan Cleary in State of Origin, Ben Francis? He's like he's always a six out of ten. He needs more nine and ten out of tens, doesn't he? Maybe it's because he's playing under a Freddie Fitless system, and you know, considering the talent they got, they should have probably won more than they have. Uh, Kelly Slater getting some more love from Dean. He suggests him as the uh, king. Someone asking you, Grant Elliott, and I know you haven't had your coffee, and you, you know, you're into the third hour without a coffee, and I know, I know you tend to struggle. Grant, do you think Ange Postacoglu should coach Everton? He's Everton, to Everton fans, Ange will bring success to your club like he's brought success to Celtic in the Scottish Premier League. That is from Jason. Well, I mean, you know, you've got the pros where he's got a proven track record of success in Australia and Japan, as well as Scotland now. Um, he's an attack-minded coach, which is great. Everton you, need that. You want an attack-minded coach? Well, we need that. We need to score goals. I mean, we can't just play for the draw and the, the loss. He would be have. quite a pivot from Sean Dyche, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, he'd probably be able to get the best out of the Everton young players, and he'd bring a fresh approach to the club. In hmm. Any cons? Uh, yep, I'd say that he's never managed a Premier League team before, so that's a massive con. And um, it's probably a bit of a gamble. Everton, you probably really? go with someone more tried and tested yeah. in the Pro- Premier League. Problem is, um, Spurs might get him. Yeah. And Postacoglu, what an amazing story. Coming out of the A-League uh, and those really, really good sides with Brisbane he had, uh, then on to Melbourne Victory, then up to Japan. Really good guy. Comes across so well. Um, very, very loved at the moment by our Celtic fans. Wish him uh, all the very best. Speaking of the A-League, we've got the A-League Grand Final later tonight. Uh, It's part of a a wonderful weekend of live sport right here on uh, the station. As Just trying to find the kickoff time for that one. The A-League Grand Final between uh, Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners is from 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock tonight. Then tomorrow morning at 1.30, Grant, we've got the FA Cup Final between Manchester City and Manchester United. 
Um, also, another final, the ANZ Premiership Grand Final between the Mystics and the Stars. That is tomorrow. Our broadcast with Staffy and Brooke Lever starts at 3.30. Do you know what we're going to do, Grant? What are we going to do? After this break, we're going to speak to Brooke Lever. Oh, how good. Yeah, Brooke Lever's going to join show. the show. What a great show this is. They say, they say oh so humbly. <laughs> but keep your uh, texts coming in for Rub the Wrong Way. I'd uh, love to give away some uh, uh, prizes to you. All you need to do is text us on double eight double three with the thing that has rubbed you the wrong way in the world of sport this week. Back after the break. It is 16 minutes after 12 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Now keep your thoughts coming through on double eight double three. We absolutely love it. Um, here's Alvin. Uh, that time I filled up my tab account during Origin, but unfortunately I invested unwisely during the week back to zero before the weekend. Unlucky Alvin. Um, my advice, bet responsibly, especially when uh, New South Wales is involved, eh? Hey, <laughs> So that has rubbed Alvin the wrong way. Um, and Andy uh, clar- clarified, we're talking about the numbers on the, the Queensland jersey. Yeah. Uh, Andy's clarified saying, G'day, the numbers on the Queensland jumpers in the past is the postcode number from where they started. Is that right? Postcode as in living, neighbourhood, city or whatever. Club? Yeah. Maybe club? We've got to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. And Jared has uh, texted through. Very kind of you to say. Uh, Jared, hey, fellas, can I just say you both do a fine job every Saturday with humour and professionalism. Top show. Yeah, thank, thank you, you uh, thank you, Jared. Can you forward that on to the bosses? <laughs> yeah, please. Get on to the bosses. Yeah, jump onto SCNZ, Dakota yeah. NZ, and um, yeah, just give us a nice little tribute <laughs> to Hachi, Ruben, <laughs> and Ruben Bradley. Yeah. Uh, do you know who wants to do a magnificent job? Who? Mark Stafford and Brooke Lever covering netball oh. here on the station, and tomorrow they've got. It, it is their day, the big, the biggest day of them all. It is grand final day in the ANZ Premiership. The Mystics and the Stars tomorrow. Our broadcast starts from 3.30. Brooke Lever joins the program now. Thank you so much for dropping by on a Saturday. A day out from the big broadcast. You first, you fired up, Brooke? I'm fired up, lads. Are you guys fired up for some netball? (laughs) You know what, Brooke? I'll be honest. I'm a little bit sad. I'm a little bit sad. My central pulse. I'm sad my central (laughs) pulse didn't make it. I'm sad Yvette McCausland Drury's quite extraordinary um, tenure. Uh, the pulse is over. You know, a three-time champ. They made, what, five grand final appearances in the last six years. It just seems odd to me. The pulse aren't there, Brooke. I'll be honest. I'm down. It, it does seem odd. But, you know, as they say, all good things do come to an end eventually. Yeah, you're right. But you, you, you go back. A long way with the Yvette. I, I, I have a memory of you and the Pulse when she may have first arrived. Have, have I got my timeline there? Um, did, did she always no, you're, strike you're as... On. Yeah. Did, did, did she always strike you as a coach who in the future was going to you know bring success to that franchise? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I obviously went to the Kura that Yvette and Nathan were running back in the day as oh, well. Oh, of course. Um, so I, yeah, so I went to Tutor, which is now called Manukura. So that was run that was run and still is by Yvette and Nathan. And I was in my last year at high school and I think someone went down and she comes to me at school and was like, well, how do you feel about playing a game in the weekend? You know, being a 17-year-old, oh, why not? I get some time off school and, <laughs> and I've just, yeah, I've just loved and appreciated her ever since, really. Oh, and that was for the Pulse. So you played when you were still at school. 
I, I missed that. Part. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, only one game, just a young young kid. I came up actually against Casey Corpor, who, you know, as a kid, you're, you're the best in, in, the, um, in your premiership there, and then you come up against Casey and you get humbled really quick. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, like swatting you away, and it's like, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, kitty. <laughs> Hi, kid. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the big league, yeah. <laughs> hey, Brooke, I want to ask you, um, I, I drove my, my son to basketball the other day and we were in um, uh, Walter Nash uh, in in uh, the hut and there were so many netball teams playing out there. I couldn't get a park. It, it just seems that it's it's really well followed netball at the moment. Do you feel like there's been a surge in audience and participation of the sport? I feel like it does. Even I'm based here in Tauranga and I drove past the courts as well, and it's jam packed. And it's awesome to see. You know, netball is an affordable sport as well. All you need is some shoes, no matter what you've got, and they just need a netball to throw around. And um, so it's awesome to see. You know, the young ones coming up and. And even the um, older generation still following through and have that interest in netball as well. Plus, the atmosphere of the games are great, eh? You know, the crowds really do get connected with what's out on court. There is great energy. There's great noise. Close to the action. Yeah, close to the action. A lot of close games this year. You know, it's, it's a great spectator sport when you're there. Oh, it is. Um, that's why me and Steffi, we're so close to the court. It's almost like we're about to jump on it. We just can't sit down half the time. Um, and even, yeah, that. The, the atmosphere that they bring every week, week in and week out, especially with the ladder this season, has been the closest between all you know five teams. Um, so you don't know what you're going to get week in, week out as well, which I think has helped with that spectacle um, for the audience. Your overall thoughts on the competition, before we drill down a little bit deeper on the, the final itself, uh, how do you judge the season as a whole? It seems to me there's been lots of close games you know, I now dearly departed Central Pulse, I think were involved in five games that were decided by one goal or less. Five games themselves, including last week's elimination final. So, you know, their fans have been, uh, you know, d- doing it tough as far as stress levels. But, you know, across the board, how have you judged the stand of the comp? Oh, as a person watching it, you just, you don't know what you're going to get week in, week out. Even, you know, it's been extra time, multiple games as well. Um, so, yeah, as a spectator, awesome to watch. As a player, I'd be nervous week in, week out. I don't know how the girls have done it as well. Um, but, yeah, just it's just been awesome to watch as a spectator, really, this year. I think it's been one of the best um, best years in terms of yeah, just being able to watch the sport. It's been a lot closer. Um, and I think the level of competition in terms of skills and athleticism is kind of evened out along par as well with all the teams. So, you just don't know what you're going to get on the day. Hey, Brooke, I always love going into the past, like, pool games to see what actually happened. So uh, back in April 24th, uh, the Mystics played the Stars, and the Stars beat them 79-77. And then later on in May, um, they took them on uh, the Stars' home game, and they lost 58-63. So it didn't look like hometown advantage played any part there, but... Looking at those two games, it looks fairly uh, balanced and it's quite tough to pick a winner. Yeah, it is. And I think even one of the games, the Mystics and Stars went into overtime three times as well, where the Stars just had to win by two. So, And they did do that in that extra time. So it's awesome just to see how closely contested it can be. But someone like the Mystics, if you give them... 
you know, a few clear and easy shots, they just gain their confidence and they put the pedal down. So it'll be interesting to see how the stars come up with a good defensive plan, especially on someone unstoppable like Grace Nowicki. This is a wonderful segue to Grace Nowicki because Grant will know because he knows all about the game. They went to triple overtime that the Stars ended up winning 79-77. But uh, Nowicki had 70 goals in that game. She got 70 of the Mystics, 77. She is just such a central figure. Uh, You've sort of hinted at it there. How do you actually stop her or slow her down? That's the thing, you you ask the defenders as well and they all just say you need to try and get the ball before it gets into Toyava's hands and then into Nowicki. Um, pretty much as soon as she's got the ball under the post, you can guarantee a goal right there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who the Stars actually start. They've had three different defenders in the last couple of games rotating in. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they start someone like Kalera Nawai Thaudau, who is a lot more physical, um, or if they'll put someone like Ali Timu at the back against Grace Nowicki. Well, what would you do, Brock? I'm going to make you coach. I like that. Oh. You coach? What are you doing? <laughs> Put her under pressure. I like if this, I'm, Brooke. Um, to be honest with you, I'd probably start someone like Kalera Nawai Thaudau just against Grace Nowicki. She adds that physicality, and we've seen Grace take a few hard hits, and then she does tend to miss some shots right under the post. Um, and then I'd probably have Holly Fowler out at goal defence, and then probably look to interchange between... Kalera and Ali Timu because Ali Timu does add a different dynamic as well. Just keep the mystics guessing, really. Brooke, I want to ask you about that physical aspect because I get a little bit fired up when I watch netball sometimes, and it's generally against Australia. You're an angry and man, though. No. <laughs> I watch it, and when when the game gets physical, but you can see that it's physical to the point where it's trying to mentally disintegrate the other team. I mean, what what sort of message do you do you give to the players when you say? Let's get physical out there. We need to be physical with this team. What does that actually mean? Does it mean pushing and shoving off-ball stuff? Or does it mean on-ball stuff, like competing for that ball um, with physicality? Or deliberately shoulder charge. Uh, Yes. Yeah, basically, (laughs) deliberately trying to get contact. Well, we deliberately try not to get a shoulder charge for first. Um, but obviously, you have to match the physicality that your, your position are going up, that you're coming up against. So I think that the umpiring has actually been really well this year in terms of, you know, letting right. that physicality, but it's not dirty. So you don't actually see us. In some of the international games, you can see some of the Aussie players, it can come across as some of that dirty play in a sense. But I think in this league, the umpiring have got it on a good level where it's competitive, um, it's aggressive, and yeah, there's enough physicality in there for the players to still play at a high level and the contacting not to affect it as such. Right, interesting stuff. Last one from me, Brock. Typical New Zealand athletes in the in the build up to this, the stars and the mystics always talking so nicely about each other. You know, they're our sisters, you know, but, but let's be honest, they won't, they don't like each other, cross town rivals, right, Brock? They'll, they'll be backstabbing each other hopelessly in their own changing rooms. These two sides won't get along, will they? Oh, you know, that's the thing about netball. It's such a tight knit and it's always a bit of a family community as well. You know, the girls will probably all go out for a a beer or wine after the game on Sunday, no matter what the outcome. But they have that fierce competitiveness. As soon as it hits the court, there are no friends, which I completely love. But I also like the fact that, you know, the girls all do get on after as well. But yeah, there'll probably be a lot of smack talking going on too. Speaking of smack talking, I've just seen this old lady get hit in the head. 
uh, in foul territory at a baseball game. She's in a whole world of hurt. I shouldn't laugh while I'm saying this. That's a bad reflection on me as a human being that I'm actually laughing at that. But I, I want you to hit it on the head. Tell me who wins. Who wins? Brooke, we'll get you out on this. Uh, heart, Stars, Heads, Mystics. I think the Mystics are going to win, but I'd love to see the Stars win. Good on you, Brooke. Thank you so much. Have a great call. You've done awesome work this year. Oh. Can't wait to hear you and Steffi from tomorrow afternoon. Thanks, Brooke. Oh, thank you for having me, lads. Take care. You take it easy. Yeah. Brooke Lever joining us on the programme. She will be alongside Steffi, part of our, an enormous weekend of live sport right here on the Home of Sport, SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport, and we can't wait to bring you uh, the exciting climax to the NZ uh, Premiership season. The grand final, the Mystics feed the Stars tomorrow afternoon broadcast starting from 3.30. She did sit on the fence at the end, though. She what went the heart and the head call. But she went her head's the Mystics, so she thinks the Mystics are going to win, but she wants the Stars to win. Yeah, so we're going to go Mystics. We'll take that. Well, you're going to have to wait and see to find <laughs> out if it's going to appear in my sporting tips. You should probably I run know, away. I know, I know. Well, that's run. why, you know, you yeah. know I always use that with yeah. the, uh, the guests. Well, maybe. maybe multi I'll, and then multi it up. Maybe I've... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've already thought about it, and it might feature. we got to take a break, because well, I think we're going to head racing now after the break. It's 29 minutes after 12 o'clock. Stay with us. This is The Sesh on ECNZ with Rum and Q. Uh, the clock is ticking if you want to get involved and possibly win some awesome products, thanks to the team at uh, Rum and Q. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. Uh, rub the wrong way. We do it every week. Uh, what's good under your skin? doesn't have to be serious. I, I think my favourite is the guy who, who took his medication and had three hours sleep all week and it just happened to be during Origin. The thing he was staying <laughs> up for. The thing he was staying up for. Uh, what's rubbed you the wrong way? Double eight, double three. You run into the draw to win some uh, awesome products. Thanks to the team. At Rum and Q. Should we get to our workhorse of the week? Yeah, Will we actually true. go to the horses and watch them run around and me lose money? Do we have time? I think I think we go to workhorse. Let's go to the workhorse. I, I'm torn. I'm torn on on my nomination. Considering I I do sort of make a bit of a song and dance about the issues with um you know referee abuse at the moment. Mm. But this this one legitimately made me laugh. Um, that this is an owner of a football club protesting uh, a penalty decision. <laughs> right? Uh, please tell me if you've heard this one, guys. Um, I highly recommend, if you're listening out there, get a video of it. Just look up. Look look up. Look up Paolo Leonardo de Nuno. That's Paolo Leonardo de Nuno, who's the president of an Italian uh, football side, Lecco, I think they're called. Uh, I think they're playing like the third division. Like the way down. Well, he, he actually invaded the pitch to protest a penalty against his side uh, as they fade, faced off against Paul Di Noni in the Serie C playoff match. So they're looking to get promoted to the second division. You know, looking to get... It's, it's a, a high game. stakes. It's, it's a big, a big game. game. Um, but then a penalty was called. Uh, went against him. Uh, Di Nuno, obviously pretty passionate about his team, just took matters into his own hands and went onto the field and... Had a bit of back and forth with the referee. You know, no harm, no foul. The only issue was, he's about 80. And he can't walk without the assistance of a mobility scooter. So he was literally on a mobility scooter, going at 5Ks across the pitch, 
hooning in towards the referee. Spraying. Goes past his own goalkeeper. Looks like he has a crack at him too. <laughs> and then finally gets to the referee. It is one of the most glorious sights I've seen in sport in year. Here it is, Grant Elliott. Look at him. He's wearing his blazer with jeans. Oh, there's the hands going, true Italian fashion. Like a little spray at his own referee. Just wonderful stuff. What do you reckon he's selling the goalkeeper oh, there? Yeah, uh, You save this penalty or you sleep with the fishes. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But he is my workhorse of the week. I'll repeat the name because everyone listening needs to know and see for yourself. Paolo Leonardo Di Nuno. This is D-I a, space N-U-N-N-O. How good was that? It's really contra to what you were saying I earlier. Know. Where you said, <laughs> like, I can't stand the abuse that refs get in football. And now you're giving him workhorse of the week. Yeah, because he's made himself look like an absolute idiot in the process. Right? I don't know. I'd like I, to sit I, down I, I and don't condone. I don't condone what he does once he, he's finished his trip. I condone. How he's got there, and how how much of an egg he's made himself look. El Presidente. <laughs> El Presidente. Someone could have stopped him. They're too scared to. They would have. Well, the owner was the owner of the club. Yeah. <laughs> you know the fans aren't going to. They'll they'll get banned for life. <laughs> okay, I'll give that one to you. Yeah. Paolo Leonardo de Nuno. I might put that on my social media. Is my a funny video? Is my workhorse of the week. Um, brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant. How long to this race? Have we got enough time for? For grants, yeah, oh, I can be I can be quick. Um, mine's going to be quick, and I think. All right, should we hold off? Okay, we're, I think we're going to keep the suspense going for my workhorse of the week. Uh, our TV is not working, Ben, down here for some reason. Um, so hence why we can't see the time. So I think we can cross now to our commentary team uh, for race two at uh, Fonganui. Wow, incredible race! Uh, race number two, minute number four on Fonganui. It looks like. A photo for first and second, although the provisional said number 15's finished third. I thought it might be photo for first, second and third. So uh, nothing official at this stage, really close. Three wide as they came flying down. Yeah, it looks like it will be a, a photo for first and second. Number number 15 uh, looks like finishing up in third. You'll get far greater uh, racing analysis um, and breakdowns of close races after one o'clock. Because Clado is here. Oh, Clado's just turned up. There's no no Warriors jersey on him. What have you got? The Brooklyn he's, Nets. He's off the bandwagon. Who's that? Oh, oh that's Pink Floyd. Pink, Pink Floyd. Pink, Pink Floyd today. What's going on, Clado? Big night last night. Pink Floyd experience. <laughs> <laughs> as like tribute experience, band, but how as, was it? As tribute bands go, mate, they are one of the best ever. So if you ever get a chance, go and amazing. see them. They are good, mate. They're like. They're like a. They're not like your rock star types. They're just like you guys, like you and me, lobbed up on stage and just play Pink Floyd to perfection. Do they? Um, do they play the preposterously and pompously long intros like Pink Floyd the yeah. originals used yes, to? Yes, they do. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it's fifty years since Dark Side of the Moon came out. Fifty years. Fifty. God, I left school by then. <laughs> oh well, well I've been I sent mean... home, but I hadn't left. But you know. <laughs> Plato, we're talking about Pink Floyd and your weekends and what you get up to, but what's happening on the show later on, on the the good oil? Well, boy, it's our last uh, Pundits Club for a while. Thousand bucks in from the TAB, so we're going to revisit that, so we have to come up with some new ideas for the next few weeks. So 20 lucky people, so we're pretty focused on getting a collect for the Pundits Club today. 
It's so high stakes for you. A lot of pressure on you and your crew. Yeah, I love pressure. Really? Pressure for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you run towards the face of pressure. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I mean, one thing that just keep well, keeps finding you, done it. Anyway. Anyway, um, we're at Avondale and Wanganui today. I think Kempi is a horse at Wanganui today, does he? Yes, he does. Yeah. Just ask me. It's a dollar seventy favourite in the big race. Oh, nice. Oh, we got to go for that, wouldn't we? Just has it got a chance? It has, and it's an interesting race to watch. Race six. It's just after three o'clock this afternoon. It's the um, wait for age race down there at Wanganui today. Time honoured race. Do some good horses have won it over the years, but um, have a look at Secret of More. You might remember the three-time Melbourne Cup winning mare Mackaybe Diva. Yes. Yes. Goes round in her colours. Uh, the Sanchets have decided to get into New Zealand breeding because they know where, where, where it's at. And Sequin Amore, her first up run, she came from a mile off them. She was booming home late. So I reckon if there's a blowout, to just ask me, it could be Sequin Amore. Like it, like it. Uh, who's with you today? We have Louis Herman Watt is in the studio. Um, he had a fantastic interview with Dean Shannon from Entain. Uh, they played that this morning and... Tried and true, Stephen McKee. And Louis didn't go with you to the Pink Floyd experience, so he's no, less you today. No, no, he didn't make the cut for that one. It's a great voice, Probably. though, today. It Plato's, Plato's voice is magnificent. Is it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it sounds great. Just just keep talking. We'll just listen. Just keep talking, okay. Do you want me to call a race? Uh, no. No, no. Right. 17 away from 1 o'clock. Clado and crew coming up after uh, 1. It's a big day, the last Pundits Club for a while. Um, you know, high stakes, but they're going to run towards the pressure. Oh, loves and, pressure, and let's, let's hope the horses they pick run towards the finish post. Um, With the jockey on them. Yes. Because I didn't know that rule. I thought the horse, <laughs> remember when the jockey <laughs> fell off, and I was like, does that mean they still got a chance? <sighs> oh, now you're an expert, Grant. Now you're an expert. Oh, I don't know about that. Grant's <laughs> Workhorse of the Week nomination is coming up after this break, and we'll also finish the show, as we always do. The sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. It is 17 away. It is 12 minutes away from 1 o'clock. It has taken us nearly two years to the day to get our time management skills right and give the last segment of the show the, the time it deserves, Grant. We should... Well done. Well done, Ben Francis. No, 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 Ben Francis. You know, Ben Francis, for two years, has been pulling his hair out at the last hour of the show. It's a lot of hair, though. Yeah, now it's we're got wasting, a lot of hair to pull out. Now we're wasting time. Well, uh, we're not wasting time. We respect respect the audience. I was just speaking to Grant off here, Hawks Bay last week. There were a few streakers. Yeah, they weren't even streakers. Well, yeah, it just inv- we, As a player, we were you annoyed by them? Did you ever want to do what? It was Greg Chapel, right? Was it Greg or Ian? Anyway, you know, one of them, uh, you know, whacked a streaker at Eden Park on the backside a number of times. Then got run out next ball, didn't they? Magnificent. It was wonderful. Andrew Simons doing that, like, tackle. That high. Do you remember Did you ever want to, to... Oh, I, I welcome streakers. It'd be, really? It's funny. I think it's funny as a player. Like, yeah. But, I mean... When there's Last tw- weekend wasn't When there's funny, 12 but... invaders, it's like, okay, it's not... come on. This is not funny. Like, if there's one a game, and I don't condone it, I'm going to say that on radio now, don't condone streaking. Don't do it. You shouldn't be doing it. But generally, it does happen. And as a player, I was all right with it. We had a um, a domini or pastor in our team at Griquas, and a female streaker ran on. And uh, good we, heavens! Yeah, and gave him a hug. That was quite funny. 
That is quite funny. Brilliant stuff. Your workhorse of the week, my friend. My workhorse of the week is uh, Devin Conway. Finished third, all-time run scorer, but probably, um, we haven't even spoken about it. But in the IPL. Chennai Super Kings. Man winning. of the match in the final. Yep, man of the match in the final for Devin Conway, and obviously Stephen Fleming is coach, so huge uh, rewards and plaudits for him. But to end up as third top-run scorer behind Shipman Gill and Faf Duplessis, I think is a huge effort. And um, yeah, I think we can be proud of him. New Zealand player going over there, and I spoke about how frustrated I get that New Zealand players don't get opportunity in IPL. Yeah, you Aussie journeyman. <laughs> and he has, he's dominated. He's taken his opportunity. Average of 51, 672 runs, man and match in the final. Brilliant stuff. Hard to argue. All right, let's get to the Serbian people wait all week four. They do. We have such a high strike rate in this, uh, this segment. It is the sporting tips you should probably win uh, run a mile from. I should probably say it. Can, can sporting go, tips you should probably run a mile from. Can I go through last week's multi? Yeah, quickly. Not we've the whole about, thing. We've got about four or five minutes in total. We only got four wrong in the multi. It was an 11-match multi. That's that's one way of slicing it. We got four of 10 wrong. We got 40% so we get, of our choices wrong. We got run. 60% correct. Which so is we were getting on, on the university which would have got rating us, scale that we often use. That, that'd be a C+. Plus. Yeah, it's not bad. It would have got us thirty-eight thousand dollars. It's not good. Yeah, thank you, in Francis. But does that that brings me to today's bet anyway? I'm going to go. I think we're due a draw in the Super Rugby. We need something to happen. Has there been a draw? This year? And I don't believe there has been. I love a draw. And Perfect. a draw will give you eighteen dollars between the Hurricanes and the Crusaders. So. Has not been a draw all season. That's why I think that today is going to be the day. That's your that's your gut. That's my gut. Feel. That's your, that's your gut feel. There's, there's gut no feel. there's no intellect put into this. It's just your gut feel. I think eighteen dollars. Crusaders Canes a draw. Well, Crusaders are down in terms of like injuries and Hurricanes home game. So I just feel like form wise, Crusaders probably not in the the form they normally are. Hurricanes have got a little chance because they're at home. I'm going to say that they, they're going to have a good game, which will actually produce a draw against the Crusaders. Do you have one with your head that um, you put some thought into? Or is it just gut? This no, just gut. It's, it's just gut. gut. The feels, the vibes. You I've go gone with vibes. the head too often with my Maltese. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one likes to correct. Do we love them on this program, Grant? You were technically correct. Uh, 60 to 64%. The university grading scale that we use is a C, uh, C plus, which is satisfactory to good. There you go. Yeah. So that's yeah, not we, 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 do, we expect more than good, don't we, Ben? Perfection yeah. from Mr. Elliot. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, I'm sorry I didn't get my 11-leg multi correct. But I thought that we did all right. Yeah, but, okay. but Grant, you're royalty. Royalty always has to be perfect. Yeah, King Elliot. Oh. King Elliot the first. <laughs> What's going on in today's show? I've had far too many compliments on today's show. Ben, do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go really quick. Uh, as soon as the show's done, I'm making my way down to Penrose to watch the Warriors against the Dolphins. So I will be looking forward to enjoying a Warriors win there. Uh, but the tip, which uh, is going to be on very, very shortly as well, uh, I don't want the Highlanders making the eight because I don't feel yeah. like they deserve it. <laughs> And the Jura who are playing at home, again, they're playing the Reds, are paying $2.25. 
The draw a win, mm. they will be in the eight. I'm kind of thinking, I think I quite like that. Yeah, they're the outsider. Yeah. Aren't they? Even though they are playing at home, against the red side have been very up and down, haven't they? The- home side advantage you're going for, Ben Francis. But also, they're playing for something big. Yeah, but they're also, logically, the one side you would have thought prior to this weekend had a chance mm. of forcing their way into the playoffs from outside, yeah. right? Yeah. I, they've had moments this year where they've been really, really good. Um. I'm sort of leaning that way too. Is I think I'm leaning. I'd like to see the draw run. Sorry, Islanders fans, uh, to say the Otago man is hey, not going to tw- be happy with you. You had 2015. You had 2015. You know, and, that, and that's all they've had, Daniel. That's all they've had. Yeah, and, they have. and since and 90, we, like coming to Bruce's point about the, the yeah. Warriors, oh, twice in 25 years. Well, what about those bloody Islanders? Yeah, and you know they didn't deserve it on that day. Exactly. Who have you got, Daniel? Elliot Dixon. Tell us who you've got. Uh, I've got the Mystics winning the ANZ Netball Premiership final between one to five goals. Uh, I'm picking another uh, tight one. Uh, $4.50. $4.50, the Mystics. Brooke Lever went one. with them, with yep. her head. And uh, I'm going the FA Cup final. I've got Manchester City winning by three goals to one, as much as that absolutely pains me, because that means they are one a leg away from uh, winning the treble. Um, if you're to, into any-time goal scorers, um, Marcus Rashford scores the first goal. Manchester United go up. Uh, you know, hopes are up. And then it all comes crashing down when Haaland, De Bruyne, and uh, lastly, uh, Gundogan scores the goals. But uh, I, I, I'm predicting exact score. This is me sticking my neck out. Exact score. Last time you did that, you nailed it. I think I did, didn't I? I think the all-whites all uh, China, um, thanks to a 96th-minute goal. Yep, so Man City, three, Manchester United, one. A thanks so much to Ben Francis, to everyone who's played a part, especially you, King Elliot, the first. <laughs> I bow down to you. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks, Ben Francis. Always good on a Saturday. <laughs>